You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. I'm Tana Ford here at New York City Comic Con with these lovely gentlemen. And later, I'm going to be drinking Basil Hayden's Dark Rye. Now see, that was absolutely perfect on the first take. Oh, snappy, snap, snap. I, I don't know how he does it. He's the man. I think it's witchcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Did you sacrifice a goat? I just—it's it's, hails, right? So it is that time of the month. Sam Hayden. Getting there. Getting there. Yeah. Can't wait. Screw Christmas. Halloween's the real holiday of the year. Dude, did, did you either repeat that, that Doctor Doom number one? No, not yet. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> LaRocca, LaRocca be looking busted. Oh, yeah. that's a drill it? Damn. Yeah. I mean, did he draw it or did he did he cut and paste it? I mean, I don't know. Oh, well, I was looking at it and I was like, who drew this? Okay, I get it. <laughs> it is freaking rough. Uh-oh. It is really rough. I mean, it, it, it looks. It, oh man, it's it's bad. It looks like a it looks like a Zenoscope book. Oh, well, at least Marvel advertises their artists. Zenoscope, oh, yeah. you never know what you're going to get. If you if you look in the previews, it's always <laughs> there's there's nothing listed, or it's TBD, or they they just don't know who's going to draw their books ever. Right. So hey, there's a guy. Hey yo, can you draw? What? Yo, yo, yo. Hey, everybody. Yo, 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 yo. Hey. Now we're back, and we're crazy. And this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 631. We missed you. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. it's, It's been days since I've laid eyes on you, and I'm David A. Price. Wow. That is the truth. And, of course, I am Rudy Ray Moore, but you know me better as Dolomite. I think you were Dolomite one time before. Oh, yeah. But that's okay. You can be Dolomite uh, again. Well, I wasn't Rudy Ray Moore the last time, though. Right. If you're going to be somebody twice, I think Dolomite's an okay choice for repeating yourself. But no. This movie's getting, getting Oscar buzz. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Wow. But no, you're not Rudy Ray Moore. You're Jason Wood, everybody. We're here in the fallout of New York City, and we're going to tell you all about it. But first, we got to take care of a little business. The list is up at Discount Comic Book Service. Yay! See those people on top of the roofs? The roofs screaming? That's because they just found out that the new list of specials is up on DCBService.com. And they're happy. They're excited. And why wouldn't they be? Because they are getting massive discounts on their favorite funny books and collectibles, such as from Kodansha. This one looks really good. It's Drifting Dragons, Volume 1. Shades of Miyazaki's Nausicaa. Now, I I haven't done any research on this. I'm going solely by the cover of this thing. But the the pitch is, take to the skies with the scrappy crew of this airship Quinn Zaza as they hunt the fantastical giants that rule the skies of their world. Ellipsis, dragons. The daily routine aboard an airborne draking vessel springs to vivid life in this exquisitely crafted tale in the tradition of the lush, transporting fantasy of Miyazaki, of course. 
uh, part travelogue, part imaginary cookbook, and part otherworldly slice of life, the Drifting Dragons tells the stories of the Quinn Zaza and the colorful band of misfits that makes up her crew ordered. Um, it is twelve ninety nine cover price. Your price, because you're super smart, you know where to go, is 45% off with $7.14. Can't beat it, right? This one's for Jason and for everybody else from Dark Horse. It's the world of Black Hammer, Skull Digger, and Skeleton Boy, number yeah, one right. of six. Written by Jeff Lemire with art by Tanchi Zanjik. Mm. Yeah, Spiral Cities in a Bind. Uh, you got the crime, the corruption, the violence. Who's going to save the day from this nefarious Grim Jim? I hope it's not Grim Jim Twilly. Um, it is Skull Digger and his sidekick Skeleton Boy. It's uh, three ninety nine cover price, dollar ninety nine for you. Last but certainly not least, from IDW, written by Aaron Mankey and Delilah Dawson, with fabulous jaw dropping art. By the great Peter Kowalski, it's Wellington, number one of five. And this Aaron Mankey is supposedly the creator of something called the Lore Podcast. I don't know what that yeah. is. Um, but it's an amazing new supernatural thriller that shines a light on the mysteries and monsters lurking in the shadows. Meet the Duke of Wellington, one of England's most decorated military heroes, and unknown to most, her most daring monster hunter. The secret history of the Iron Duke begins here. Three ninety nine cover price, but for everybody else, known as the DCBService.com subscribers, they're going to get it for a dollar ninety nine. That's crazy, mm-hmm. crazy talk. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books. Faster than most, delivered right to your door. You don't even have to leave your home. Technology. Do it. That's right. There you go. What's up, buds? Long time no see. A couple of days, right? That's right. It's weird waking up in feels like my feels like an age ago though. It does. That's the thing. It feels now I'm not you know, I don't want to be a wet blanket, but the con, when you're at the con, it seems like the day is very long each day because we do so much, we see so much. There's there's a lot of sensory input, and you know you got to take it all in. So it seems like wow, this has been a day. But then, getting back to the norm, our normal lives, it it in 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 reflecting upon those days, they flew by. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah. It that's the uh, the 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 double edged sword of being with people you you enjoy being with, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I was driving home tonight thinking, man, I can't believe a week ago was when we were starting the con. It's just, I just, I don't know, it feels like like a distant memory. Long work week. If we could only stop time, it'd be great. Yep, time waits for no man, Vince. Yep, making Keith told us that. There you go. What are we drinking? Uh, Speaking of Keith, what are we drinking? <laughs> uh, I'm drinking Schweppes Ruby Red Grapefruit Seltzer. Back on the horse, huh? Of course. Did <laughs> you do that on purpose? <laughs> no, but <laughs> you guys 
tormented me for 96 hours, so I had to. Are you watching football? No. Okay, just checking. Just got to check. The, um, he doesn't watch basketball. Do you? I do, actually. But oh, yeah. damn, stop. But the NBA season hasn't started yet. So. Um, I like how we tormented him for 96 hours. You well, know? I'm, I'm just talking about uh, nutritionally. <laughs> yes, because we were. I had an amazing We had you time, over here chasing the drag. We're like, damn. I mean, we're like, much, brother. I mean, we're like, yeah, much, we're, we're, we're dangling Zeppelin's and shit. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, so, uh huh. Yeah, 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 Dap. I, I, I had a through on my arm. You needle him. I mean, <laughs> Dap, I think you need to spin the microphone because now you're sounding like you're in a bucket. A bucket? A bucket. That's some shit, man. Yeah. See, this, people, for those of you playing at home, here's what happens. Last episode, as you know, we recorded at Jason's house. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's no need to Skype when, we, when we're all together. So right. this, our recording settings are different. And it seems like every time we even touch our recording settings, yep. it is a process and a half getting them to sound like they usually do on our, 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 our normal crystal clear episodes. So we had a little bit of work getting into this. And tweaking, yeah. Dap and I worked it out behind the scenes while Jason was signing autographs somewhere. Oh, yeah. but, of course he was. Yeah. So now, now it sounds like we're in the zone. Well, we'll see. It might you take are, an episode or two for us to. Oh, no, that to, sounds good. No, you're okay. definitely you're in the zone now. Yeah, he's so, not. So in the all zone. right. So I'm used to. I'm where my. I'm where the microphone used to be before last week when you told me where things. I know. I, I so no, no, I'm not. I'm not. No, no, I'm not trying to just. I'm not. I'm not blaming. So now it's back to that, which is fine because this is a. As you can tell, it's a little bit because I can see how far away you are from the mic, Vince. You can see that this the way I'm sitting is <laughs> is, is a little more comfortable for uh, for recording tonight, and I'll I'll rearrange everything next week. But you um, found my camera, huh? Oh yeah, mm, I'm just glad it. you haven't yet. Uh, what are you drinking, Vince? Uh, I hate to let you down, but uh, I have about forty cans left of the Yingling, and I'm trying. I'm trying to post. <laughs> I know, right? Well, it's weird. I live in Pennsylvania, obviously. So whenever someone comes to a party or some kind of get together, they bring a case of Yingling. I got freaking Yingling out the Yingling ying, for days out the Yingling Yang. So I'm just trying to get rid of it. And far be it from me to just pour the shit out. Like I don't want to waste it. You know what I mean? Nah, you can't. You good, can't. good, hardworking American laborers took their time to yeah. fill these cans. I'm going to drink the, the things. That's oh, right. Pouring a bottle or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pissed because I realized halfway home that um, I forgot the uh, the bottle of uh, cranberry sour in Jason's fridge. Hilarious. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm not drinking that, obviously, but. Um, why, Vince? Why are you laughing? Deadpan. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's in a freaking Visine commercial. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so, no, I am. Uh, I bought a bottle of what um, what I left at, uh, at the woods last week. It is um, Josh Sellers Cranberry. Cranberry. Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice. Got the cranberry on the mind. Any thank yous? I do. Good, me too. Go for it. I received a package from Mr. Jim Whiting. Mm. 
Yes. 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 Okay. Same as Okay. Now, a little bit of uh, due diligence is required in describing Mr. Whiting because a while ago I talked about the Zombie War sequel, Earth Must Be Destroyed. And Mr. Whiting was the artist on that. And he was he had a hand in the story. But that's not... I mean, he sent me the four-issue miniseries, which I have multiple runs of. So our Butamus patrons are going to get this uh, nice. zombie warp. He sent me uh, Margo, Intergalactic Trash Collector, number one of three, mm-hmm. from the, the revived Fantico. Yes. Now, now, when you say Fantico... That takes me back. Um, one of my most beloved publishers. And uh, I'll get to that. But I read Margot, number one. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the art was, was kicking. The story was, was in the zone. It's, it's uh, one of those irreverent sci-fi romps that I just I ate it up. And I thought it was great. Also from Fantico, he sent me uh, from Whiting... Studios. He produced this. It uh, is called Infinite Punishment, Shadows of War. And it is uh, sexy as hell. Do you read this one, Dad? I, I thumbed through it. I didn't read either of them yet. I just, I, I have them sitting here and I was going to, uh, I didn't think I was going to have them read for tonight. But um, but the uh, the Margo is, is full color while the... Um, the infinite punishment shadows of war uh is is black and white and yes it is the uh it 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 is on the uh on the sexy side but they both look like a uh a lot of fun yes and it is uh created by marcello trom written by mr trom garrett gunn and jim whiting so he did have a hand in the story but the artwork is by marcello trom and if you're a uh fan of what Glenn Danzig did uh, and company with uh, Veronica, this would be right up your, your alley without the explicitness. This is not a, 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 you know, a super mature rated book like Glenn Danzig's. But mm-hmm. the icing on the cake, the, the thing that brought a tear to my eye, and had he not sent me this, I would have bought it anyway. Which is not to say I wouldn't have bought the other things. But this... I have history with this book. Fantico, Fantico has revived Chaz Ballon's Deep Red. Now, I was uh, lucky enough to be a friend of Chaz's. Um, and let's just call it an acquaintance. We had, we had communications over the years, um, both in person and uh, um, otherwise. And uh, Chaz was... One of the uh, one of the best of the uh, horror exploitation splatter genres uh, commentators. He he had a very unique style of writing. Uh, he was like the Lester Banks of uh, horror commentary. He just uh, said it like he thought, you know, for good or ill. He didn't sugarcoat anything. If he didn't like something, you you were very aware of it. And mm-hmm. um, he had a uh, zine called deep red much respected zine and unfortunately as i said Chaz passed away and we lost a, a huge figure but deep red kind of languished for for years and fantico brought it back uh 
with uh, a lot of the same crew, including Steve Bissett. And there's a piece in here where Mr. Bissett uh, talks about uh, horrors of a totally different kind um, in the the way of working for uh, Fangoria and Rue Morgue. The horrors of being a freelancer, a freelance writer. But uh, I thought it was great. I devoured it. And it took a, a quite a long time to do so. So Deep Red Volume 4, number one, is currently available from Fantico. So go get it and get Mr. Whiting's books because they're all fun and great. And right, they, they tickle that, that horror uh, itch that I can't seem to shake. So thank you, James. Thank you so very much. Yeah, touched my heart. There you go. Is you, was your thank you the same thank you as my thank you? Yes. Yes, it was. There you go. You got Deep Red too? No, no, no. Just the, uh, uh, the Margot and the... Uh, yeah. I must be chopped liver over here. No, you know what? To be honest, uh, I don't think these are your cup of... Just saying. I'm not saying you're... Th- these are very much... These are the things I the look Margo for. The Margot might be. Maybe. I think, think Margot more than, but uh, but I don't know if it's that, it's it's kind of a, uh, it's it's a mashup between like Ladron and Giffen and, and like oh, Oming. There's a ton of Giffen in it, yeah. Yeah. But Jason would look at the deep red and be like, yeah, it's nice, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm and I'm not saying that that you're elitist at all. It's just the that doesn't speak to you, and that's cool, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So there you are. Thank you once again. Now, as we said, this is the post New York Comic Con wrap up episode. So we got to detail our adventures for those four days. Oh, Oof. what an adventure! Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was. It was. Well, let them know. You, you, you're the, the, the soliloquist. You, you, you're the good <laughs> The soliloquist. Yes. Well, um, as you mentioned, it really starts on that Wednesday before when you arrived. And we don't have to spend too much time on that because folks listen to us do it live. Um, it's my favorite we, part. Yeah, it's true. It's great. We made an early jaunt to the con on Thursday uh, because for some reason um, Dap and I never got mailed our press badges and Vince is laughing because he got his in the mail even though he registered months later um, but, but, uh, but and 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 uh, I do think though that worked out in our favor well yeah yeah so 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 we got there and and um, it was raining as well. But uh, interestingly, and, and then and then where the main entrance to the Javits usually is for the general admission was all under construction. So as we were walking up, I thought, well, this is going to be an absolute shit show. And I don't know how they did it, but somehow it seemed like the coming and going for New York Comic Con was way easier than it's ever been. Like, the, it didn't seem like the, the fact that they had to cut the general admission entrance in half... I don't know what the, maybe it's the the badges work better now, but but the the queue just moved very quickly. But either way, we had to go to a, an area where the the press and uh, attendees and exhibitors all have to go to get their badges. 
And we walked in, it was jam-packed with people, general admission people waiting in long queues to go through security. So we waited through that, and there was almost no line at the press badge. We got, Dap and I got our badges ASAP, and then we slickly were able to um, act as if and were able to get right to the front of the security line and bypass thousands of people um, because of uh, of the angle we took coming off the press badge. <laughs> and the security guy's like, oh, you got staff? Yeah, come on through. So it was <laughs> oh, like, oh, yeah, uh, no, the crew, let them through. <laughs> it was like, you know, in, uh, for those of you that have ever been on, in an airport when you're waiting in line patiently through security and then the, the, the people that work for the airline stroll right up to the front and go through. And that's what it was. They let us right in, no waiting. It was perfect. And then um, it's weird. Most cons, if you heroes and C2E2 included, a press badge is essentially an all access pass. So if you get your press, if, if you have a press pass, you can come and go early, late, whatever. Um, but at New York Comic Con, it's always been a little more stringent than that. The press pass is essentially a free ticket. But they don't let you generally go in early or anything like that. So we got through, and um, but we were able to uh, to parlay it into uh, into going ahead and uh, and getting in a little bit early before the crowd, and we were able to make our way up to the the main floor. And I got to tell you, if there's ever a time to be on the main floor, it is on Thursday before the doors open because you can actually walk around and and casually take all the, take it all in. And to be honest, as much as a madhouse as the main floor is for most of the con, it's super interesting to watch all of it just without the crowd, like to see it all set up, to see the Funko booth and to see the video game booth and the Marvel booth and the DC booth. And, and they're pretty, they're grand. They're, they're at scale, you know, they're, they're, they're quite a sight to behold. And, uh, we were able to take a nice leisurely walk through, the entire top floor um, without it being too onerous. I, I would say by the end of the, when we got to the end of the walk where the back issues and the art dealers and stuff were, it was, it was super crowded by then, but, but, uh, but, but we really got to, to take it all in. We got to take pictures of all the awesome statues and art and tchotchkes and action figures and everything without much of a, a problem. And uh, uh, I really enjoyed that. And it was almost like going to a museum, yeah. like a private showing of a museum before, it's really what preview night used to be for these big shows. Yeah. yeah there yeah, used yeah. to be like, I, I I don't know how many years ago that switched, but I remember for a few years, New York had a preview night and it, it didn't start until the evening and you went and it was just basically press exhibitors, artists, um, and VIPs. And, uh, that's kind of like what it felt like for a little bit. Yeah. I was thinking logistics of setting mm-hmm. up a show of this size in tandem with the amount of people that actually arrive to see said show, it's mind-boggling that they pull it off as smoothly as they do. Right, right. Because yeah, I, um, I don't know what it's like if you actually had to purchase a ticket. We we just see it from the vantage point of someone that already has a ticket and yeah. is trying to get in. That said, we wait no longer than five minutes to get in. That's incredible, considering the amount of traffic that these people deal with. Um, I don't know whether it's the fact that they moved the entrance from the side to the front. I 
I have no idea, like the, the gates where mm-hmm. we come in. They, they had moved it this year from the side to a more, um, I thought, accessible area in the front. But it seems like there were less gates than they, there, well, there were. Was definitely, there, there were less gates people, leaving. Quickly, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, to exit, it was it, there was this much, um, much narrower lane to exit this time around um, because of the construction where they generally would queue people up outside before they would open up the um, the metal detectors and, and let you through. They shifted that over a little bit and we um, we, we changed it up by entering through um, the indoor entrance um, where the dealers are set up to the, the, the top floor. We, we tend to, because of where we walk from, the Port Authority to get to Javits, we generally just move in with the mob and and come in through uh, through the exterior where you're on the main floor that we can go right down to Artist Alley or upstairs. But this year we we use the um, the upstairs entrance more often, I think, than not. And um, and yeah, it was, but it 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 was it moved really well. There was no uh, you know bags are open, wallets and phones over your head. Walk through. Nobody was. Uh, there were no. Um, there, there was no drama getting in or out. There were no, uh, as far as I could tell, there were no bottlenecks or anything. Uh, we got to cut off Neil Adams walking in one time. So no, it was it was a uh, overall it was um, he's it shrinking. Was a much he, he is uh, um, unlike the Earth, but the uh, the way yeah it was it, it was just there was no um, yeah I'll just say that there was no drama entering or even exiting this year as 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 opposed to years past no i've been to a lot of cons where getting in is like uh, a high school car wash right just chaos and but this is uh nothing like that same with heroes heroes is smooth but it's heroes is nowhere near on a scale with new york no no no. and just it, i mean it, it was breezy just effortless getting in which mm-hmm. is really nice um, and unbelievable when you think of just how many people, how many eensy teensy feet walk through those gates every day. It's it's just it boggles the mind, really. Yeah. And they got it down, which is awesome. Um, ha- not having to fight to get in is, is a pleasure. But as Jason said, Thursday it was all open. We were walking around. Um, that's when I get my lay of the land, and unfortunately. Um, as Jason said, we passed the tables of back issues. To my eye, it seemed like there was only one. You know what I mean? The the, the uh, scale of back issues has dwindled even more this year. Oh, I, and and last year, last year I left with with Haywire. I left with Screamer. I, I left with sets of. It was almost it was, it was heroes esque. With, with, with the amount of book I left with last year and, and, and full runs of things that, that I could read in and send out. And, um, yeah, there were, I mean, I'll say it, I will, we'll, we'll say it right up front. Um, the scavenger hunt was, it wasn't a bust because there were attempts made, but, but we came up empty. Yeah. Um, the, I have to say, I mean, I, I know we were joking about how I wasn't going to be into it. And I admittedly, the first day when we were looking through some of the back issues, I just was going through randomly. Yeah. They were alphabetized trying to pull out and it was just not even a hint of anything. I mean, it was, it just, I pretty much gave up after the first day because it just seemed like there just wasn't the supply that to even make it other than maybe going through the random bins that weren't necessarily organized and hoping you stumble upon something. 
which was hard because it wasn't it wasn't our lists. It was a right like like there's there's always books you know that you're looking for that right. You just stumble, but but this wasn't the case. It was a, a physical list of books that weren't fresh in my mind, and and so absent being able to go through them alphabetically, it was tough. So yeah, it, it, that was a, a flop. Good idea. I think we'll take. You know what? We'll we'll, re- we'll 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 table it. I have the list, and we'll I'll bring it to Heroes. Where oh, absolutely, absolutely. yeah. Where it I will, mean, Heroes is ideal for that. So. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, it, the, the, as Vin said, it, it was just um, it it there was really um, nobody nobody really selling back issues, and, and and those that were were crazy throughout the entire week. It's like two bucks a back issue, and I'm like, bro, no, that's not. That that then you just brought shit you're leaving with because there's I don't see how that's 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 not convention worthy. I mean you could just you could put an ad in the back of of CBG and sell your shit for that. I don't I, I don't know why. Well, the caliber bring... of the books weren't high enough to to get two dollars. Like if they were eighties and nineties right, right. books, oh exactly. Sure, I'd pay two bucks a piece for them, but uh, these were relatively recent. Yeah. runs of DC Marvel with, you know, yeah, there was Dark Horse mm-hmm. in there. But for the most part, these are the things that you could find in you find it at your shop. And, at, yeah, at, in a cheapy bit. Maybe where you get a discount. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Just exactly. because they're in a poly bag with um, a board in them doesesn't necessitate the, the you know, $2. Yeah. Right, right. But, uh, no, that, I mean, if there was one thing that was not uh, in keeping with the tradition of New York, it was the fact that the back issue the back issues everywhere were very, very, very scarce. I, I think it's just a part of the changing world of, 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 of comicdom. I think some smaller shows like heroes, which is owned and operated by an NLCS. I think you'll still have your shopping, but I think that's going to be limited to the smaller and more regional shows. True. Yeah. Um, and did you see that? Uh, I didn't bother reading it because I, 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 could not care less about trends with, within you know our our hobby, but there was recently an article making its way around Facebook about how comic fans are leaving superheroes behind. Did you read that? No, I did not. Uh, well, it's out there, and I've seen it on a number of occasions, but I I, mm-hmm. I, I don't care enough to read it. It's just some. It, it's not something that draws my attention, other than the headline. Right, and, and I, I I thought you know Jason probably is going to read this and he'll tell me everything it's about. <laughs> I didn't see it, so I'll, I'll search for it. Then. But uh, Thursday was generally a pleasant experience. Even um, later on in the day, the crowds never got to the point where they approached the madness of Saturday. And and it was it was a good experience. I mean, we got a lot of our our stuff done. Jason, of course, went down to Artist Alley, and and began the process which is always exciting to see but um thursday was um an incredibly efficient day i have to say i really tried hard this convention and i did last new york as well because it's a zoo to try and arrange for any art i was going to get ahead of time uh, absent the occasional jam piece but um and for the most part it was it was a very successful weekend in that regard. Um, we'll get to Sunday when we get to Sunday, but um, of the pieces I had, I had arranged, I'd say 90% of them were finished and in hand on Thursday, which 
is a, for me a, a big distressor because that's the thing I most stress about at a con and, and it was no longer an issue because they were in my possessions. So that was awesome. Um, one thing I want to say about the con as we talk further about each day is that completely unintentionally, this was in many ways the most insular con we've ever attended. Um, we, we had a, a, we certainly, while we were on the show floor, uh, interacted with our peoples, mm-hmm. uh, new and old. And we had our get together on Friday night, which we'll talk about, which was awesome. But this was like, this was a BooCon. This was, this was Dap, Vince, and Jason in the sense that, um, <laughs> other than our Friday night get together, which didn't, I mean, it went till about midnight, so it wasn't even, um, we really spent the weekend together without a, a lot of other people. We, we, we had no meals with anyone else, which is incredible. I mean, if it, Normally, I mean, in the con, we're always having at least we're having lunch with people, whether it be no apologies crew or for heroes. Or, you know, we go to the diner. I mean, there, there's but but I thought I realized this after the fact. We had zero meals with anyone but the three of us the entire week. Yeah. Although att- attempts were made Saturday. Uh, yeah, but, but well, no, but, but I know those disconnections. We yeah, no, no, yeah, we weren't right. I'm yeah, exactly. Saying at the end of it, though, by the when the dust settled, we we ate every meal just the three of us. Um, yeah. Even in lunches, we we just we just yeah, and and we. Uh, we didn't go out anywhere other than Friday night, so um, it was uh, it was low key. It was a it was a very low key yeah, for, for the most had... the most crowded, busiest convention we attend ever. Um, it was the it was the most intimate uh, for in terms of the time spent with the three of us. I was and a I, little I just, go ahead go ahead. I was just gonna say I was a little disappointed that we didn't go for the sushi. Just yeah, a, just a awesome. little, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I think, I mean, it. well, no, it, it's, I guess it, it lines up with the um, the lack of uh, the No Apologies crew, because they weren't rolling deep this year. And normally, at least once or twice over the weekend, uh, when we decide to leave the con and grab a bite, we head over to Lansdowne. And there's usually, whether it's CK or Raf or Gil, someone's usually there where we can all kind of just hang out a bit and... and um, and that didn't happen this year. We went to Lansdowne once the Thursday, uh, had lunch there, and then and then went back to um, to the con until um, pretty much yeah until we decided to to leave Thursday evening. Uh, but no, yeah, Thursday was um, Thursday was the day that uh, I think we probably saw most of the people we we needed to see. Uh, Vince and I finally met. Tana Ford. Um, we uh, we caught up with. Uh, Who was one of you, the MVPs of the weekend? Wait, I was just gonna oh, say it was, you, it was an absolute highlight. No, I, I I was just running through people that we met, but no, I mean she. I didn't. We we um that was there were a few times, very few. There, there were only a couple of times this weekend where I was just like, holy shit! But 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 meeting her was an absolute highlight, if not the. You know, it's weird. If like any any convention where. I didn't get to chat with Matt and Brennan Wagner. Tana would have been just the the ex, would have been it. But uh, it it was a weekend where the few things that I did get to to accomplish um, were all uh, could could be checked off any bucket list. But but she was she was an absolute delight. And she, I, she was the most alive person in that room. It mm-hmm. was yes yes. No matter how long the days were or how long the convention went on for, she was always just smiling and and happy. Yeah. Um, 
she 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 was just she's a gem and and i can't wait for uh for her to come on so we can all all chat about it there's some people that you meet and you get a, a decent vibe or you can you can tell that they're talking to you for no other reason than just to pass the time they they, they mm. have a, you know they have an agenda yeah yeah how you doing tana was engaged from the from the first time you know, we stepped up to her booth. She actually seemed like she wanted to speak to us and vice versa. Mm-hmm. It, it was yeah. just this, this nice little experience that she's a, a genuine person. I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but it, it, she just seems very honest. And what comes out of her mouth is exactly what she's feeling at that moment. I kind of love that because you get a lot of yeah, hey, how you doing? You know, like you can't there you can't tell with some people if if they're being entirely above board with you or they they they'd rather be somewhere else. It didn't seem like Tana wanted to be any anywhere other at that moment than right there, which is yeah. is it's good to interact with someone like that. Absolutely mm-hmm. genuine. Yeah. Yeah, she she was just elated to be at New York Comic Con set up. It was her first time tabling there. Um yeah, just a joie de vivre, right? I just uh Yep. Yeah, now I had had the pleasure of meeting her at C Two E Two, which we talked about. But uh, yeah, it was great. She she was a blast. I have to say, that's the other thing. Not only was it insular in terms of we didn't we didn't crew up a lot outside of the hangup, but um, but as we were wrapping up on Sunday, I also it dawned on me that I normally try and be the 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 mayor and go around to everybody at Artist Alley that we know and at least dap them up, say a quick hello, and. Not with any again, there was no grand plan to this, but but there are so many people that were at Artist Alley that I fully intended to catch up with that I didn't even say a word to. And I think it was just a combination of we were doing our own thing and our own vibe and we didn't go to the con at all on Saturday and it, it was extremely crowded in Artist Alley, so it just wasn't conducive in most cases, depending on where the artist was set up to just go and randomly chill at their table. That, that just was, you had to have intention to do it. And, um, yeah, I mean, so it, again, I, I wasn't, it wasn't like, I don't, re- I don't regret the way it played out. I mean, I, I don't, I don't look back on it and say, Oh darn. But, but I, but I seeing that a lot of people we'd only see once or twice a year, I, I do wish that we had the chance to, I, I wish I could have at least, you know, to touch base with, with, with a bunch of other people, but, uh, but such is life. Yes. Yes. I don't know if Reed did any back end shenanigans in preparation for the show, like advertising or promotion, but Thursday and Sunday were far busier than typical Thursdays and Sundays at New York Comic Con, especially Sunday. Like I, the crowds in Artist Alley on Sunday were ridiculous. And, you don't usually see that on the last day. Everybody has taken care of that business before but it seems like sunday was was very very well trafficked yeah and uh but i did make a point uh i said to myself if i see aaron cooter i'm gonna apologize to him and that's exactly what i did because you did yeah i kind of when he was on action i kind of glossed over it and didn't really pay attention to it um but in revisiting the material I, I told him, I said, your work on action is incredible, and I'm sorry for being a shithead and not realizing it at the time. And next to him was his partner in crime on action, Greg Pock. So I told him the same thing. I said, buddy, I, I 
I'm, I dropped the ball. I should have been screaming from the rooftops again because that, their action is a really good run, uh, visually and in terms of story. And yeah, so I mean, live and learn, right? So um, Aaron seemed to care, so that was great. And uh, the man crushed my hand, but he always does. <laughs> He's a big dude. He is a big dude. Yeah, but it was fun. He's really uh, good people. We, met, I mean, we talked to a lot. We, I think, we spent more time near or at Matt Wagner's table, right? Maybe just maybe Friday because we weren't there Saturday and I didn't see him at all Sunday. So uh, Thursday we stopped by and and um, uh, introduced ourselves to uh, to Brennan. Um, and we're going to have them both on the show in the near future. Um, we uh, we just kind of, well, I, I went on about uh, Grendel Devil's Odyssey number one a little bit, and then we um, and he showed us uh, we got a sneak peek of the book market cover of um, of the Devil's Odyssey collection, and um, and I also. Um, Asked him if he wanted to grace my Grendel jam piece, uh, which he did, and um, so that I left that with him uh, Thursday, and uh, it dawned on me over the weekend that New York Comic Con seems to be the only place that the uh, the Grendel jam has actually ever worked on, and and over the past three years, I've had the um, the four four items added to it. Um, but after, after I left the jam there, and and he, um, so he could work on it, I'd, I'd pick it up Friday. Um, yeah, we um, we kept making our way through, caught up with uh, Nate Stockman because Jason and I both had commissions from him this year, uh, and and he did a wonderful Phantom X for Jason. Absolutely, yeah, and. Uh, I got a pretty slamming Lobo. Um, I gave I, I, I gave Nate three three characters to draw, whichever one he felt like doing. Uh, go for it, uh, surprise me. Uh, I'll see it at the show. Um, and and I kind of hoped he would go with with Lobo, and um, and my booze guessed that he would have done Lobo. Um, and that he did the reveal, and and it 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 blew me away. Way that my expectations were uh, were definitely um, it, it exceeded them. So um, spoke to Nate, and then and as we're talking, to everybody we're letting them know about the little get together Friday night. So if they want to come, uh, they're more than welcome to. Um, saw Mahmoud Asrar, and um, very happy Mahmoud. Oh well, he always is when he sees us. But yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm trying because we went up and down, went up and down the aisles starting at the end. Uh, we um, we 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 like ships in the night. The three of us passed Tom King in the aisle, um, eyes barely even meeting. I think and uh, saw Mitch at the table quite a bit. Um, we saw we saw Claremont, we saw Sanford Green from a distance until uh Sunday finally. Um 
Yeah. Oh, and of course, we spent actually. I think we spent the most amount of time at uh, Brian Vander and Mark Leeming's table. Definitely. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Well, they're booze. Absolutely. Um, and met the uh, the beautiful fiance. Um. But yeah, it was uh, Thursday. Is also when I um got to see my aunt. And she came downstairs, and and it was this. This was weird because we um. Jason was downstairs in Artist Alley. Vince and I are on the uh, the exhibitor's floor, um, and that's where. Uh, so, so you meet my aunt at the at the tops booth, and uh, I wanted to make our way over to the Eagle Moss booth because um, Chris Thompson, formerly from Titan Comics, I, I wanted to uh, to introduce myself to him because he was kind enough to send us some books from Titan last year and uh, earlier this year. And we, um, so he was there at Eagle Moss for just chatting about a bunch of things. Um, and, and Gail, my aunt's there. She's, uh, and he's telling her about, you know, him listening to our podcast and um, how much fun it is, this, that, and the other. And, and, and I just, I, I commented that, that that's very similar to what, to what Tana had said downstairs and and um because gail wanted to to see jason and and so we could make our way downstairs to artist alley and and she sees because of the the way artist alley was set up you come down the escalator if you look to the left right next to terry moore's table is um is tana's table and so so gail sees the banner and says oh that's her i says yeah so so we make a beeline over to there they get to meet um more um uh accolades thrown our way i'll say and then which is still weird to hear people talk about it and then um no it's not i I love it (laughs) screw that i know you're being humble but no Uh, Uh all right um oh yeah i'm trying to downplay it so so then we we end up um where the hell whose table was that that there was um crap because it was um i know exactly where it was because jason was talking to the person for the long um son of a bitch but that's where we saw hassan and and gill and um and tony, then at tony's table right tony fleece no 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 because no, it was it was towards it was, it was towards the other side tony's on that wall um son of a bitch because oh oh andy belanger's table that's where it was um yeah, yeah jason, exactly right. J- jason yeah. and andy yeah, were talking right. about aew yep. and um and so so we were there for a little while and then um and then gill and hassan show up and for whatever i i i forgot about gill's old job when when, when he worked at, as a security guard but apparently he remembered i introduced him to gail as and and he starts just he's he's going on about how he but he he started basically just reciting things that i had said over the years about gail because most people know that 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 she's a big reason why i am a comic book fan and and um and he's just regurgitating of what i'd said over the years and and i don't know if she was embarrassed or not but it's just it's it's one of those things where um it's it's true it's what it is and and for people to so 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 as, as much as vince loves to hear people um compliment the show when when people 
actually remember things that that one of us has said offhand or not um that's that's the part that makes me smile because it just it's it's people are paying attention well yeah it's not so much the compliment part it's actually seeing the end of the chain that's right it. you see where yes. the mm-hmm. where this whole thing trickles down to and it's rewarding to realize that some of it is connecting with some people i don't want a pat on the back i just like to know that hey you gave me a little bit of enjoyment this afternoon because of you know i had a bad day or whatever the hell um i gotta say daniel warren johnson's table the first time we saw him was insane and he had those old man skywalker books that he did for long he didn't well, no, but he has a uh, a policy of you pay what you want. Pay whatever you think this comic is worth to you. And I kept, I was keeping a kind of eye on it. Like some people would give him five bucks. You know, that's cool. But I saw a couple people give him 20 bucks. Nice. And that is awesome because there's at least $20 of work in that thing. But for a, a small stature, self-produced comic... You know, mm-hmm. the average person is going to be like 20. I, you know, I don't think so. But it is worth that. And um, I, unfortunately, I left my copy with David. Oh, shit. Did you? Yeah. Well, I'll get it. All right. But uh, he actually ran out of them. He, well, did. he did. What was we, it? We, Thursday we, he we ran out, him. right? Uh, no, I think it was Friday. Okay. I think it was Friday. Because uh, we had to go back and get them signed. And um and he, uh, yeah, we we were there when he gave the last two because someone had come up, and um, and said that uh, that they were there for their friend to get it, and then Yam said, "Here's a uh, there's a young lady here who who wants a copy." So he went into the box and pulled out the last two and handed them to each of them, and and that was it. Well, judging from eBay prices, I think the twenty dollars was a bargain because I've seen it go for more than that on eBay. So on Sunday, right when you guys came up to you, I think you hadn't come up to the table yet. But Yams told me that there was there were people successfully selling the book for six hundred dollars on eBay. <laughs> Holy shit! shit. <laughs> okay, Dap, you want to throw that in an envelope? Get that to me pretty no, quick. I'm <laughs> just saying how absolutely dumb people are. No, like, I'm, I'm kidding. Like, no, I mean like to pay six hundred, right? Like yeah, yeah, but. Um, yeah, they, this was um, this was a, a fun week week weekend in that I got to meet some um, people for the first time that I have been uh, internet friends with through the comics world for a long time. Um, chief among them, uh, David Harper, who is uh, a lot of people probably know, is the uh, creator and publisher of of, of Sketched, um, and uh, and. Uh, you know, he's he's I think one of the best interviewers in the biz. Uh, I think his uh, he's got mad, mad interviewing chops. He and his wife came all the way from Alaska uh, to come to this con, which is mind boggling. Um, also, uh, probably the funniest meetup uh, of, of, of somebody was Todd Moniz, who uh, <laughs> Todd is if, if any of you go to comic art fans and search for uh, to check out comic art. Uh, if you ever happen to search for Domino or stumble across Domino, chances are like there's a 90% chance that the piece is either mine or Todd Moni's. And when you're two of the people on the earth that collect Domino art, you you understandably 
run, you know, run in the same circles and have chatted. And we've chatted a lot over the years on over the webs, but we had never met. And then he's a totally great sport because uh, Vander was doing an awesome domino commission for Todd for New York Comic Con. And when Vander showed it to me, I said, well, how dare you cheat on me and do a, a domino commission for someone else? And then I said, it's got to be for Todd Moniz. And in fact, it was. And so when Vander posted the image to Twitter, I said, listen, the deal is you can you have to make sure it's no more than 72 percent as nice as mine. And so Moniz <laughs> on the Thursday at the con <laughs> had a shirt that he had custom made that said 72 percent as good as good as Jason Wood. And I just thought that was freaking hysterical. <laughs> so so cheers to you, uh, Todd, for that. Um also uh, met and saw quite a bit over the weekend. Um, uh, our, our listener and um, longtime listener of the show and fellow art head, uh, Mr. Matt Todd. So um, it was fun to finally put faces to names there. Uh, we got to meet uh, Mike Del Vecchio in person. Yes, who, who only did, came yeah, right. for mm-hmm. the Friday night meetup. He doesn't. Yep. He says he doesn't do cons, or he hasn't done cons, and and we need to. Um, we need to fix that. Either he has to come to New York next year, or maybe we can even try to get him to uh, make his way down to Heroes. Since he is from New Jersey, he's, he's you know it's, it's straight down time. Just, it's just Mike, just just hop on ninety five, go straight down, and you're good to go. Um, but we had uh, there were a few people who still stopped us because they heard our voices. Um, I, I don't want to say that Tim stopped because he heard our voices. He may have recognized us, but but Tim Lannon introduced himself and uh, and he was also at the Friday night meetup. Um, and I he drink he, of water. He is, and I believe he was. Uh, I glanced over a couple times and saw him in the corner talking with Vince and Bill Z, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure music was probably discussed. Oh yes. Yes, much music. Yeah, he was in a he was in a band for a long time. That's yeah. great. Yeah, we had a good old talk. It, mm-hmm. it was it was wonderful. I and I always enjoy spending time with Bill Z too. But, uh That Friday night thing w- was great. Um, not for the least of which Sarah Harris showed up. Sarah Harris, yep. Miss Harris was definitely the other highlight meetup of the weekend. Yeah, finally we, saw her Friday. Yep, it was a year later than planned. But uh, better late than never. And um, Sarah currently has bright pink hair. So we were just chilling up the main floor on Friday. Uh, running it was a few, over by the diamond booth. Yeah, running a few errands, looking for a few things that we needed up there. And uh, you couldn't miss her walking down the, the walkway with the with the pink hair. And we got uh, got to – it was nice because it happened to be in this, one of the rare pockets of the floor where there was some space and some calm. And so we finally met. We hugged, selfies exchanged uh, pleasantries and whatnot and agreed to uh, obviously we would see her at the party and we did in fact do that so that was awesome she is as charming in person as she is on the interwebs as well yes. um, it, it is you know I know this is not new anymore I mean this is how we all met over a decade ago but it still is fascinating to me from a sociological standpoint that you form these bonds now with people you've never met and then and then they're real like when you see the people it's it, it's the friendship is no less real because you haven't met them in person. Like it's it for a lot of these people, it was as if, even though that was the first time I've laid eyes on them, it was as if I had just seen an, an a, seeing an old friend for the you know for uh, that I had met many times before. So that uh, that is a pretty special thing. 
Because I know we live in a world now where everyone talks about how evil the internet is, but there's some pretty awesome things about the internet. It's true. There, yes, it does have its benefits, and this is one of them. Yeah. But uh, so you're, you're talking about highlights. I have to say that the uh, number one highlight for me was from uh, was delivered from Yams. That, yes, that, that's <laughs> and, uh, and for those that don't know, Yams is one of the people at Felix Comic Art. He is Felix, one of Felix's best friends, and he and Lambert, um, shout out to Lambert as well, are the guys who help Felix run uh, Felix Comic Art, particularly at conventions. They're the convention handlers they corral that crazy group of artists yes so i'll set it up for you yams had this little bag and he puts put two things and one thing in each hand and he held them out and in succession he did it to all three of us he said pick a hand and we're like okay okay i'll pick this one and he opens up his hand and there was something whether it be a shell or a stone that his father had blessed. He, he recently, recently passed away. He recently lost his father. And these are things that his father took the time to infuse his energy into. And he gave them to us explaining in each instance what the items were, what they do, how you go about getting the desired uh, result from said objects. Dap has a harder time than Jason and myself, which is good. But um, there, is, there's, it, is it good? I think so. There, there are little um, remnants of his father that he deigned appropriate to give to us. Yeah, he had us reclaimed. Yeah, and it, yeah. it just it like I in the moment I was trying. I, I had to throw up that that I'm all right. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just to not... I'm not crying, you're crying. No, so, so just not... To, I, I don't reveal very often that person that I am. I just... I put the, the face on, and it's like, oh, man. But I almost lost it because I thought it was very touching that someone considers us within their circle of trust that they would give us something that their beloved parent had yeah. spent time on. Like, Why? Well, but I mean, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I'm. I agree. I right. I, I, really. I seriously, and it's. I have it in the car with me. It goes everywhere I go. It's going to stay in the car, and I because you know we use our cars a lot, and um, I'm not going to throw it in my pocket because it may get lost or washed. But I'm leaving it in the car, so wherever I go, this thing goes, and and I I can't thank Yams enough for um, not only um, considering us worthy, but like giving of himself to us as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, before we move on, I, I, I want to, I feel like Dap downplayed the whole Matt Wagner thing. He's trying to low key it. That was <laughs> well, pretty special. Well, that was a pretty special well, we thing. Didn't, we didn't, we, we, we didn't go to Friday yet, but yes, yes. Oh, yes. well, we're kind of bouncing you're right, around. You're right. We are. We absolutely are. Um, um, Cause you were like, Oh yeah, I got him on do my jam piece. I mean, that was, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we, you know, first of all, I'm always, I'm always happy when the person remembers speaking to us. Cause there have been times, believe it or not, uh, people where we've been like, oh, thanks for coming on the show. And they look at you like, I, I, oh, if I came on your show, I don't remember doing so. So it's like, OK. <laughs> um, also, his son is a ball of joy. His son is like was like just happy to be alive. I mean, dude was like super, super excited. But Dap was like, oh, yeah, I, I uh, just got him to do my jam. It wasn't like that. Dap was like, 
so you draw this week? You can? And Matt's like, yeah, I got two commissions there, X dollars, and, you know, kind of just being like, yeah, you know, I'm if someone's willing to pay what I'm, what, right. yeah. you know? Yeah. And and you were like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And then you, you busted out the jam, and then he very, very excitedly and very systematically was like, oh, well, I mean, if I'm going to do it, I should I should do Onto Rose, and I should put her in the top left, because chronologically you have it all laid out. And so I knew, like, well, these two are like two pieces of the goddamn same pod. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and and then Dap was like, well, how much is it? And then Matt's like, oh, well, for something outside, it would be X dollars. And you could just see, Vince and I could just see the the cheapskate being like, well, and you could, and this is how it was going to go, Vince. You know how it's going to go. Okay, yeah. Let me uh, let me check on some things. Let me get back to you. Um, that sounds good. Maybe we'll make it work. And we were having none of it. We were like, "Sounds good. Let's do it." Like we're like, yep. he's, he's it's he, it's happening right right then and now." And um, I, I do believe you would have said yes. It just probably would have taken an extra fifteen minutes. But um, but you, we made you go all in pot committed, and I think suffice to say, it was a no brainer decision. Yeah. Well, it was very reasonably priced oh god for, yeah. for what he got it, it <laughs> yeah. was it yeah. was it was a great price that's yeah. why i'm yeah. thinking you don't even need to think about this you just got to do it and and he did it but the thing that got me was for those of you who don't know dap had the grendels or the spaces for the grendels in chronological order as they appeared in the comic of course the first one is hunter rose and so on and the matt knew that he just looked. What do you have? Three squares occupied. Four. Four. Four, four squares. And Matt no, just, no, no. I'm sorry. No, no. Now there's four. There's three. There well, there's three. three. So Matt just took a look at it and said, "Oh, so I have to go right here, and I'm going to do Hunter Rose." And I'm, I'm like, "How the freak did you know? I didn't even know that. I didn't even know you had those laid out." Because Vince is like, "Oh, Matt's going to go right in the middle," and and Matt's like, "Well, no," because I was like, "I, I'm, I wanted him to do." Hunter Rose. I mean, if he wanted to say, "Yeah, you know what? I'm really feeling Orion Asante," then I'm like, I'm not gonna say no. But it, it's one of those things where I was just like, I'm, I'm hoping that well, that, okay. that he's he's got to kick it off. It's not it's not kicked off now. The person who who kicked it off, I think, was Daniel Warren Johnson. But um, because I said he, what? No, Epi, and he said Epi doesn't go no, here. It goes right here. Yeah. So I was like, okay, nerd. Uh huh. Do, do it the way it, you, do it the way you want to do it. It's it is. It's 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 a. It's a nine, it's a nine panel page, and and it is. And and Brett Blevins did Christine Spar last year. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson did Argent. Daniel Govar did Grendel Prime, and now Matt has done Hunter Rose. So there's still Brian, Epi, Orion, Tajiro, and. Captain Wiggins left, so it's not. It's listen that now that now that Matt has worked on it, um, this was the jam. It's weird out of all the 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 few jams I have that 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 have barely been started. This is the one that um, I thought, and I still feel is is going to take the longest to complete um, because I do it. It is it is a jammy, even though it's even though the others have have panel have, have border to border color in them matt is in his minimalist approach is 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 the black white and and red um stunned but it's a color jam and and it's still so so if someone it, it's it's one that i plan on and 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 is 
Jason has pointed out, it, the, the squares tend to be a little larger than than some traditional jam pieces. Um, so yeah, if, if this one's going to take its time getting getting done, I'm not going to to stress or rush it because I I, I want it to be as close as perfect as as a jam piece can be. So now that Matt's on it, um, you know we'll we'll see. It's um, and yeah, it it is if if. I'm correct. I do believe that is the uh, the most I've I've paid for for a jam square, and and it, it's still still a freaking bargain. More than ever, it, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I think you should uh, limit it to New York City. The fact that it, all it of them feels, has been done there yeah, should. Yeah. I don't know, man. Heroes is such fertile ground, though. It's true, but but with yeah, no, you're not you're not wrong. It it is. There are. Um, but it's weird. I don't see a ton of, I mean, the people who have done color, well, people have gotten color done. Uh, it's like Carl Slominski and, and Kelly Williams. And, and so I, I get a lot of black and white from, from heroes. And that's not to say, Hey, you know, if, if I do end up, if someone does, if I really want someone to draw on it and, and they're like, listen, you know, I don't have any markers. I don't have, you know, then, then, Hopefully, I, I could bump into Brendan Wagner somewhere, and then he could just color it. But the um, <laughs> you bump into the, him. Hey, just bump into him. I was walking through the city. Hey, he lives on Forty Second. There you go. Yeah, you know what you should do? You should leave one square unoccupied and get uh, Alexi Zirit to do it and fuck the whole thing up. Wow! <laughs> Why, damn! Shots fired. Uh, so it's it's. I got to uh, be real. Sorry. It's it's a con episode. You got to be real. Not not that he, he you saw Zero this weekend, but um, he was there. No, I know he was there. Stuff, but we didn't. We didn't. We didn't no, we didn't approach. We didn't get to see uh, say hi to uh, Michelle Fife, unfortunately. Uh, I know, which is crazy. We just had him on the show. But when uh, he's one of the many people I was referring to that. Yeah, yeah, no, there were there were a few. Um, the uh, so on Friday uh, went to go pick the. Um, Pick, pick the piece up for Matt. Absolutely adore it. Um, and it was not, it was, it was less than what he'd quoted me uh, the day before. And I also purchased a, um, a page that, that he had inked over um, Pat McGowan's uh, pencils from Grendel Warchild. Um, the, the fourth issue, which was the first dark horse, Grendel series, which was supposed to conclude or, or cap off um, the Grendel series, and so now, now it's fitting that that Grendel Devil's Odyssey has launched last week, um, continuing that that saga. But uh, the, the page is gorgeous, and and uh, actually, you know, shout out to to uh, to Hassan along with Vince, who um, I was. I was looking between two pages, um, both from the same issue, um, and and there was one that had like, oh, but these are Grendel Prime's boots right here in this in this panel, but but the page I went with uh, with a bunch of pirates on it is is really it's 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 a sharp looking page. I like that bottom panel a lot. So um, the weekend was kind of full of things where it's like I'm kind of going one way, and I want to kind of see if 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 I'm of the right mind. So I want to see if people kind of agree with me without me just outright saying what I'm feeling. So um, things kind of lined up pretty well in that regard. Unfortunately, Thursday, though, 
uh, was also a day where Vince had me spending a lot more money than I expected to. Good, because that's what Vince does. That is what Vince does. Yep. Vince, Vince is very mean to me. <sighs> it's not uh, mean. I'm opening you up. I'm, I'm unleashing you, the true dap in, into the world. I'm freeing you of any kind of concern because you think too much. It's okay to think. No, we, it's okay to think, but it's when you start getting into, I'm thinking a little too much territory. I got to pull you into the light and say, just do it, just release and just do it. We got we got to finish off the the Grendel story with the uh, the acquisition of the the last Grendel related item. I believe that that that's what I'm referring to. Right. And that's because I was looking for a very particular Godzilla figure from yes. N- from Nika. And this, oh, this was th- this is why it was an awesome weekend. Vince was the first person to buy something on Thursday when we got to the convention. I saw it. I wanted it. I bought it. I mean, yeah, it, I said going in, I was looking for the '56 Godzilla from Nika. They, they they styled the figure in the movie poster colors. I'm like, this will be mine. And that's the first thing I saw. And the the money was out. And along with that, I bought the uh, Nika Godzilla King of the Monsters figure, which is very nice as well. And I got it for a song. But uh, having seen the movie since then, movie's not so great, but whatever. Um, so as I was looking for the Nika Godzilla video game, colored figure which was awesome and i've been trying to find it for a while with uh to no avail and uh i'm looking around this one corner and and i found it and i was like holy shit dap and i bought it but as i turned the corner i looked up and there on the top shelf of this one dealer's uh booth was the grendel statue from randy bowen the one with hunter rose holding up the skull and he's got the fork and uh, I said, uh, I said, hey, Dap, check it. And Dap looked at it. And 20 minutes later, as no. Jason, it was a while. Yeah, it, it was, was a while, but I was just like, yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I like and that. I, and that I said, you have to. It's pretty cool. I said, you have to have this. This is, you could put it on the desk and you'll look at it all the time lovingly. And it's, it's your thing. You need this. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, you, you know, I don't, uh, and, and, and I got the guy over. I said to get the price and the price was listed at 200, but that yeah. ended up getting it for, for less than that, far less than that. And so he left with it. Um, but he, unfortunately, um, for, well, for two reasons, Randy had signed the base of it very large so there really wasn't a whole lot of room for matt to sign it but dap wasn't about to bring a statue back to the convention on another day to have matt sign it but so now it's fine because we did i didn't see him at his table at all on sunday right so it would have been would have been for naught so now you have a a premium piece that will will bring back the magic of new york comic-con 2019 forever that's right. It's, it's it's not going on a day. I'm I'm going to I um on Monday I went to Michael's, they're having a sale, buy one, get one half off, so I bought a bunch of frames. Uh so I'm rearranging the the wall space in in my room and in the corner on the side, on the wall where the where the desk is now where I'm recording from, there's gonna be a floating shelf with the three Grendel busts and the statue Vince made me buy, and then I'm going to have um, 
some of the frame pieces around it. And I'll put the Grendel piece in one of the frames so that when the Grendel jam is finished, that can go. There you go. I, I can swap them out, but yes, yeah, so that'll be my Grendel corner. Next time we meet Matt, bring a blade so maybe we can get a little slice of flesh. And we'll <laughs> put that. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody worthy of that kind of treatment, it's Matt. Mm-hmm. Not the and violence I did, part. But the, <laughs> I did a, I did a complete, complete film because I would have felt, you know, it would have been. I didn't want to miss the opportunity, so I, I, I had to seize it. And I, I knew, I knew the answer was going to be, yeah, that's great, but, but no thanks. But I, I, I let Matt know that, you know, that that we were having a, um, a get together Friday night. I mean, you know, total fanboy moment. Hey, you know, if you want to come and hang out with, you know, so. But it was one of those things where it's like, you no, know, no, I appreciate that. He's like, but, uh, but I'm having dinner with Amazon tonight. So I was like, well, there you go. That's that's. Uh, I can't believe you chose Jeff Bezos over us. That's just bullshit. <laughs> well, he can talk to us anytime. Nasty. I don't know how often you hear Jeff. So, um, another dope yeah. uh, moment was uh, meeting up with the No Brow crew. Hell yeah! Because our boy Tony Esmond, shout out to him, uh, works for No Brow now, and we rolled over to him and we got to uh, to meet um, the head of sales. Uh, and also we got to meet uh, the founder and publisher, uh, Sam Arthur, and have a nice chat. And, um, you know, as he was talking to us about how they pick books and and uh, the process, I kept thinking, like, man, this dude's just like Chris Pitzer. And before I had the chance to make the right observation, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sam mentioned that he he and Chris Pitzer are good friends and he fancies himself like a U.K. version of, 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 of Ad House. And it's very fitting. So I, I very much enjoyed that. And he detailed the uh, trials and tribulations in getting the books out. And, I mean, it gets hairy. And, and a lot of it is, is seat of your pants. And, I mean, because they're not a huge operation. Um, the, the lion's share of what they put out are labors of love. So, I mean, it's just right. – it, it's amazing that um, – well, I shouldn't say that. It's not amazing that they're doing so well. But it's amazing that a lot mm-hmm. of these things actually get to be seen. Because, uh, like I said, they don't have a huge bankroll. They're yep. not. They're not Marvel and they're not DC. But they're putting out quality product, release after release, and it's just. Well, Jason said it best. He, they're just like Ad House. Chris, yeah, does, Chris does the same thing. Uh, yep. all, everything out of Ad House is stellar, and Chris publishes it not because he thinks it's going to make him a million dollars, but because he believes in it. That's the same thing with No Bro. It, it was just mm-hmm. it's I, I like that corner of the the comics publishing industry far more than than uh, let's just flood the market with a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Samesies. Yep. But I'm thinking that we didn't see more of our friends than we did because there was a lot of people missing this time around. As as Dap said, uh, Kazeki, uh, we we didn't see. Uh, uh, Daniel White, our boy Roland wasn't with us, so it was uh, as Jason said. In no the, Mario, no. Well, Ray. yeah, yeah. As Jason said at the the top of the episode, this was a, a an atypical New York Comic Con in terms of uh, our group that normally coalesces for these things. But I mean, it was different, but it was a nice a nice change of pace. Hopefully, next year we'll return to to the old ways. Um, we can have both. You know, yeah. yeah. Friday night get together was dope, though. It was. It was phenomenal. Um, the, uh, I could yeah. do without seeing Vander dance, but other <laughs> other than that, I mean, it was fun. 
Another MVP of the weekend was Hassan. Oh, yeah. Hassan's an onion, man. He's an onion. He has got layers, man. You're so right. Yep. Absolutely right. Some of the things out of his mouth, he's so... He's not deadpan, but you don't expect because he Hassan's not silent killer. He's not the lampshade wearing member of the group. You know, he's right. not any, dancing on tables and in your face. But he slays with, and, and it'll be very terse and to to the point. Yep. But he delivers, and it's just like bam, he lays you out, and it's mm-hmm. he's he's amazing. Yeah, he revealed a lot this weekend, which was great. Yeah, he really did. Uh, it was it was it was great to spend that much time with him and. Like you said, he's just a quiet killer with the humor. Yep. When he said did, it, did he get to see the Merklers? Had actually planned specifically to meet up with the Merklers, and we didn't actually yeah. get to do that. Yeah. So, it seems like a running thing with them. We never we always plan on seeing them at your Comic Con. We rarely, if ever, do. Well, they got to take care of the business. Got to take care of the business. Yeah. Shout out as well to uh, to Paolo Belfiore uh, and uh, Marquet. Yep. Two other dealer buddies that uh, took good care of me this weekend. Now, we, we mentioned that the, the dealer's floor was uh, a desert, but there was one oasis for me, and that was Jason Hamlin's booth. Yes. I, I always, whenever I see Jason, I have to stop, talk to him, buy some stuff from him. We all got something from him, right? We, uh, no. Dap didn't, no. Oh, okay. Not this year. But uh, I tried. I tried. He's got the good stuff. He's got the goods, and what uh, from wall books to to stuff in the boxes. He's Jason's very eclectic. He has the things I want, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm looking at the wall, and he had a copy of uh, Garo, the uh, avant-garde Japanese manga anthology, which I scooped. I mean, you don't run across copies of Garo every day, and he's like, "Oh yeah, there's more in the box." Like, holy shit, I guess he bought a collection of Garo from someone, and these were the remnants of that transaction. Uh, I took that to mean that he skimmed all the cream, and this <laughs> was, no, but the, hey, if you're a dealer, to, you know, to the victor go the spoils, right? So, uh, but I don't care because I don't have many copies of Garo. Now I have mm-hmm. uh, three more in my collection, and mm-hmm. uh, they, they were the buy of the con for me. Because I love King Terry, I love the avant-garde manga, uh, especially early '80s, which Garo is—that's uh, the vintage of, of the magazine, and it's just, and, and it's very very influential. So now, I, I was just tickled pink to to bring three more examples home with me. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was looking for copies of Raw. I wanted to buy Raw one, two, and three. I had the money to do it. Didn't see them anywhere. I, w- I would have dropped the change too because euros, man. Yeah, well, yeah, that's where Ed, um, Ed Piscor, we, I was standing there next to him. We were looking through, through boxes, and uh, he, I guess he had sold some corner boxes, X-Men-related corner boxes earlier in the day, and he was flush. And he's like, yeah, man, you know how Ed talks. Uh, very bad impersonation of Ed Piscor. He bought uh, uh, Raw, like the issues of Raw that he was missing, a, a, a nice little stack. I was like, you know what? I put it in the back of my mind thinking that's a good idea because I don't have the first three issues of Raw and it would be nice to own them. So I tried to bring that idea to fruition at New York to no avail. Mm. Nobody had them. But it was not unexpected, I guess. They will be mine, though. Oh, it'll happen. But he did, uh, Jason did have 
the first printing of uh, Gary Panther's oversized cardboard cover Jimbo, which I already have. But I, from what I hear on the Gary Panther list, he was asking a grand for it, which yeah. ma- which makes me happy knowing that I have it. And but it also makes me happy knowing my kids will profit from it because there's no way in hell I'd ever sell that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I might have to start making the heroes list because I, I want to find that issue of uh, Titans by um, Wally Wood and Gil Kane. I may have sold that. You know, we should um, we should actually go to the store while we're in Charlotte this time. Yes. Yes, I agree. Yeah, the barbecue, right? Don't they have a well, barbecue? That would or to, I mean, that would that's yes. I mean, that's that's yes. That would require us staying. Which I, we did. This, I, I this was thinking year. more just going Last to the store year. and like shopping, but oh, wait, right. the barbecue's on Monday. No, it's Sunday after Sunday the con. Night. But we oh, so okay. we. And la- last year we 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 hung with the crew Sunday, and then we we left uh, early-ish Monday. Only to say goodbye to Ray, only to sit across from again at the airport as we're waiting to exit at the gate. It's but true. Yeah. Uh, that's hilarious. Um, and Ray got to take his photo with, uh, took a selfie with Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. But I am bitter. So you have uh, the the Friday night meetup. Yes. So there was there was Tim. There was Mike uh, on the show floor. Though we uh, we met Peter again. Peter heard or we 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 left. Um, the Treadwell restaurant uh, two years ago, because Roland was with us, I believe. And we um, were walking back from the restaurant to the Javits Center, and Peter heard us speaking, stopped us, asked if we were the guys from 11 O'Clock Comics, said yes, had a quick little chat. And this year, um, on the con floor in Artist Alley, he, um, he saw us and stopped us and, and reminded us about that quick little exchange. So we saw him. Um, while Jason, you were talking to, I think you were probably still talking to Yams and Lambert at this point. This was on Sunday. Vince and I were talking to, um, I believe it was Paul, um, who had, uh, just come from, um, uh, Ted Sikora's booth. Um, and he was talking about, we were talking about the, uh, tap dance killer and, um, and which just is chatting a, with him for a little bit. Which is awesome. Yes. And he's he's related to Ted. Yes. And, and has a hand in um, the production of the, the things. Um, From what I hear. Tony Fleece, our boy, came out to the get-together. Shout yeah, out to him. It's, yeah. it's not a con without seeing Tony. And uh, t- Tony, you know, when he, he texted me and, and he asked where, what what's the name of the bar again? Right after we left his table and told him where it is. And so he's like, where is it? So, and I know that there's two places called Reunion. So I, I, I told him it's Reunion Surf Bar. And then I went to Maps and I got the address and I texted him the actual street. I didn't send him the shortcut to Maps. I sent him the actual street address. To drop a pin? <laughs> no, I didn't drop a pin. I didn't take a little picture of the pin. I just actually wrote out, you know, like 475, whatever the hell it is. Or 575 was 44th. And he gets there. He gets there. He's the last person in the show up Friday night. And he goes, yeah, so there's, there's, he's like, do you guys leave? Cause he sent me a text the first, like you guys leave already. We're like, what the hell are you talking about? And, and he shows up and he goes, yeah, so I went to the other place. And I said, 
And that's why I gave you the address, bro. I'm like, you know, so it was an expensive ride to, even though it was right down the street from the Javits Center, he, he uh, took a cab here and there. But um, but that's Tony. Yes. That is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and so, so we chatted yeah. with him for a little bit. And then, he, and, and then, of course, he forgets his bag there. So we're, yeah. we're at the Port Authority. He's like, oh, left my bag. And he's got to turn around and be feet back to the place. Luckily, I mean, the place was like, it's, it's close. It was, it was really close to the yep. Javis Port Authority. So it was, it was a real good selection this time, Jason. It was nicely done. Um, well, Jason had, didn't, wasn't wearing a hat one day. And, and Tony's like. <laughs> on Sunday, yeah. Well, Jason had a, had a great hat for most of the weekend. And then on Sunday when he wasn't wearing it, that's when he gets a text from Tony. Tony's like, dude, your hair's mm-hmm. coming in. What, what what are you doing? And- <laughs> yeah, he was like, bro, he's like, he's like, I, is, is your hair growing back? <laughs> and I'm like, what? I had to read the text back because it was out of, I'm like, wait, what is he on? And I said, what? what? And he, I'm like, this fool thinks my hair's growing back, which is just not true. I wish it were true. It's not true. So I just deadpan hit him back. Yeah, bro. Rogaine Extra XTRA, and then I waited, and then like another two minutes I go by. I'm like, I'm like prescription only though. So then, like ten minutes later, he hits me back. Holy shit! I knew it. You look so good. Oh my <laughs> god! I wish I had known earlier in the con. I would have been talking to you about it all weekend. I got to talk to you about this. <laughs> I'm like, you're a damn fool, dude. I'm like, my hair is as bald as it's been, man. <laughs> you're still cute. Yeah, but, you know, no, I don't. I've come. Well, I long since came to terms with my yeah. my hairline. Same. What are you gonna do, yeah. right? What are you gonna do? You, you can look like Elton John, or you can go all natural, and that's the way that's to right. do it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so yeah, we had a uh, we had a fantastic. Even though, okay, see now, if you're if you're in the uh, EOC at NYCC Facebook group, or you're a patron. Uh, if you're a patron, you, you heard all about this over the weekend, but, um, you would have found out that Friday, two hours before we're all supposed to get together for some notion and some drinking, um, Jason gets an email saying that there's a problem in the kitchen and we do not have a full menu. That's right. And they can hear all about that if they become a patron. Exactly. Uh, but it turns out that, uh, psych, we do have some food. Or actually, they told them, them. They, 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 they told them that, you know, hey, we do have a full menu, and then we get there, and people are ordering things, and it's not happening. So um, even though we went through all that, it was still a great time. The people who showed up, um, it, it was great hanging out with them. and um, It was kind of so fiasco much... going in, though. It's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. It was this well, flip flop. Well, the food. Are we talking about the food or the yeah. waitress's shirt? No, well, yeah. But no, the food. Like, oh, we don't have a full menu. Oh, yeah, we do. It's like, so, you know what I mean? It was just, there was uncertainty going in as to exactly what would be available when we got there. But it didn't really well, matter. Sure. Pe- people didn't care. No. They uh, they got there and everything was uh, at their, their fingertips and it was fun. Yeah, I mean, everyone was really mainly getting their drink on anyway, so it worked right. out fine. Right. Uh, and although, speaking of patrons, and you're going to hear this at the end of this episode if you haven't yet, but we had so much fun Thursday and Friday at the convention that we decided to completely skip it Saturday. And Saturday, we headed into the city so that we could go to Book Off and make our annual trip there. Um, Which was very fruitful. 
Unlike last year's. Yeah. Yep. It was, yeah. It was for all of us, although I think Vince Vince was feeling a little some kind of way. Um Well, it's a it's it's a, a constant feeling with Book Off now. So I, I've just I like like Jason's hair, I, I've come to accept it. This is the way it is now, and the the, the glory days are far in the past. Uh used to be a time when you can go to Book Off and get stacks and stacks of manga for a buck piece. Like, I'm talking old manga, vintage manga, uh, stuff that you don't see every day, uh, you know, off the beaten path stuff. I would walk out of there with a suitcase full of stuff. And that has been progressively getting worse over the years to where it was like, there's a ton, eh, there's a little bit. And last year, there was hardly anything. I mean, they do have manga, but you're going to pay for it. There, there's, there's very few books there for a dollar. And uh, not only did they have cheap manga, they also had Japanese children's books, hardback children's books for a buck a piece. And I would score because, you know, I'm an illustrator. I like to look at different styles. What better styles than to um, see the, the way Japanese approach uh, children's book illustration? It was great. I have tons of them. Those are gone too. So, but now all of that has been replaced with they have a giant section of domestic graphic novels from Dark Horse and Top Shelf and Marvel and DC. And there's a, a, a very large section of books for three ninety nine or less. And so we just scooped. Uh, Jason got a tale of sand yep. for three ninety nine. Like that's incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I walk, mm-hmm. we all walked out with stacks of, of books from, uh, book off. They weren't Japanese, but we got stacks of books. We, 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 we struck, we, we had better success at book off than we did at the con. I yeah. feel, I think um, so. I think you're so right. We, for value, for value. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, we still, Vince and I found the dealer at, on the con floor. I think it was Friday that, um, had, uh, Six trades for twenty or four, three hardcovers for twenty. Four, um, and uh, so so we left there with a few things. And no, it was uh, three. You're right, it was three. Yeah, right. Because then you, yeah, because you wanted you, you had five hardcovers and then the tra- yeah. Um, yeah. But but Saturday after book off, we were in search of, um, as far as Vince is concerned, the best fish and chips in the city. Uh, but we did not find the place we ate. At last year, um, we uh, we did find a place that that was rated best fish and chips in the city. Uh, wasn't the same place though. Congratulations, you <laughs> did it! You, you did it! Best fish and uh, chips. <laughs> so, uh, although J- Vince and Jason did seem to enjoy it, especially oh yeah, it was the, great. Uh, the mint mash peas, and uh, and then we went to see Joker. Yeah, that was number. I think not to. Discount Tana Ford, who was awesome, but and Yams, but I think Joker was the best experience of the weekend for me. Really? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, looking back, it it was the perfect storm of memory for me. New York City, Manhattan, uh, a film that closely ties into the city, um, and what I remember of New York City. Uh, yes, I know it takes place in Gotham, but Gotham is New York City, right? So uh, it's just everything about that. Uh, the quali- Eastman, right? 
the the quality of the film i just i think that was the seeing you two fools which it sets a a, a first time uh, occasion we have never seen a film together a su- first uh, and last. Uh, 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 well, yeah we ah. say that but i hope not <laughs> first and last <laughs> uh, we've never seen a comic related film all at once together and for us to do it uh, with Joker, I think is I mean there's there's a long way to fall for the next one. I I don't think yeah, well um, that you'll hear all of our comments uh, about Joker at the end of this episode. It's another it's another hour of uh, commentary, and we're putting it at the end of the episode. Spoiler heavy. It's very spoiler heavy because if you haven't seen the film yet. We don't want you to fast forward or, you know, try and skirt the, the whole thing and come up short and hear something that you shouldn't hear. So we're putting it at the end after we say our In Your Travels. There's going to be another hour of Joker commentary. And here's the, the, the cream on top of this delicious brew that we gave this to our patrons earlier in the week. They've been sitting on this for like, what, four days? Yeah, they they heard they heard our thoughts fresh minutes after uh, after we we left the theater after yeah. we finally found our way out of the theater and then um, and then found a uh, corner coffee shop and uh, so you hear it on the streets of um, Gotham. The corner of Forty uh, Second and um, and I don't know if that's ninth tenth but um, it's ninth. And then and then we we finished it, um, in the car ride to the restaurant for dinner. Yeah, well, we had um, so much to say that it just couldn't be contained by the coffee yeah. shop and the the uh, loud family of children that uh, <laughs> parked next to us who weren't yeah. drinking coffee in the coffees only section. They were eating pizza. And whatever it doesn't make any difference, but uh, it, obvious to me it does. But uh, we we finished it on the way back to Jason's house, and I'm I I I will say that I mean you'll hear it in in the end, but um, I I think history will be very kind to Joker. I think it's going to be seen as one of the best uh, comic related movies of of all time. I don't care what anybody thinks. That's what I think. Just looking back, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful film, and uh, I'm I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, I I, uh, I asked my wife when um, if we're going to uh, maybe see it this weekend or the weekend after. She wants actually, I think next weekend she wants to take a um, the train into the city. She wants to hit um, the fashion district and pick up some things. So. We'll we'll be seeing the movie soon. I, I need to see it again. Uh, I want to see it again. I I'm pretty sure she um she wants to see it. I I kind of want to see her reaction to it because I'm not sure I'm how. I'm predict she hates it. I don't know if she's going to. It's it's weird. I I don't because I don't want to. I don't want to, to presume. I part of me thinks you know this is something that I wanted to see, but there's also parts of it where I'm like I I'm not sure how I can how we'll be able to read if, if it's because if I, if I think she won't like it for certain reasons, I don't want to get into an argument about, you know, what you didn't think, whatever. So I was just like, so, so fine, just go ahead, witness the experience for yourself. And then, you know, I'll see where I can judge future events. But, um, 
I don't I don't think she's I don't think she's going to enjoy it as much as I did. I don't know if she'll outright hate it. hundred percent. It's but. it's one of the reasons why I'm thinking of taking a break from Facebook. Oh, I don't even why. What are people? I'm not even. Well, politics are the main reason. I've been feeling this way sure. for a while that I'm just yeah. I'm tired of all the politics on Facebook. But mm-hmm. number number two, I'm seeing all this Joker reaction, and uh, I, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Uh, I'm not. You're not having diverse opinion. No, I can I can tolerate diverse opinion, but when someone comes right out and says it, you know, flat out sucks because it's this is not the Joker I know. This is not my right. bat universe. I I just like I don't need that. I, I you got to get new followers because I've seen a lot of discourse about it, but I, I have seen almost no one say that they didn't like it because it wasn't like their Joker. Well, unlike yourself, I'm a member of a lot of groups. True. And it sounds like you got to do some pairing back. I think so. I think so. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I post to Facebook what once a day, so it's yeah. it's not going to be a major loss for me to uh, to bid adieu to Facebook for a while. My the majority of my time will be spent on the Slack with the patrons anyway. So win win, right? True. I I just I just don't need um, unschooled opinions or just flat out knee jerk reactions on something that is, um, in my estimation, a, a real accomplishment. So I'm not, I just don't need it. I don't need to clutter my life with that. I can take diverse opinions. It's just if they're delivered from a, a, a thinking, feeling brain like yourself. I mean, as you as you'll hear, two of us had. A very positive reaction to the film. One of us, not so much, but that's okay, because the 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 latter was delivered from a position of 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 um, knowledge and experience and and well thought out responses. I can. That's what I want. You know, let's talk all day about it. But when you're just smashing the film because you know it treated Thomas Wayne badly. Well, Thomas Wayne was an asshole in the movie. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> so whatever. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. I just don't need to hear it. So what else? Uh, so then, yeah. So so dinner Saturday. Went back to the crib. Um, chatted up a little bit, and oh, Vin, well, Vince. Yeah, Jason and I are in the in the great room, just reading, enjoying some stuff, and then uh, we 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 weren't sure maybe Vince fell asleep or something, but he was polishing up the uh the review um yeah it needed a little tweaking right right with the city street towns and 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 things like that so uh sitting sunday yeah sunday we just um kind of took it easy got back into uh headed back into the city and um this is uh where some quick thinking and and fancy footwork come into play because we were trying to get into into the showroom floor, uh, not Artist Alley, because at first we were we 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 were in the we got there real early. We 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 got to the city making great time and got there with with everybody else before it opened. Uh, so they had us all heading down into the uh, the holding area, and then um, we actually didn't want to go down to Artist Alley first. We wanted to go up to the dealer floor, and uh, so we left the building, went back out, went through the upstairs entrance and uh we were trying to get into the floor guys at the doors were not having it but there was a um there was a section uh it was implied that it was you know 
press goes over that way. And as we um, as we were walking over that way, there was. Did we lose you? Sounds like we lost him. That's not mm. good. Mm-mm. He still shows up. His little face is still on my Skype. Maybe he hit the, mm. the the mute button. But um Tap was just saying we, we were able to finagle our way through the door. Yeah, we didn't hear any of that, Tap. That's awesome. I just heard the beep. So yeah. Okay. He went away. Oh into the ether. Yeah. Say lovely. Thanks, Microsoft. But um, my takeaways from the show, the the major one is, regardless of your opinion of these things, the Funko Pops are a force to be reckoned with. Unreal. Oh, that poor dude. Yeah. uh, They had a a major presence at the show, as they always do. Oh, every booth had them. I mean, it was ridiculous. Not only the booths, but the the official Funko booth was oh yeah was yeah. was giant with a with a yep. massive uh, Thanos pop and uh, and every other vendor had exclusives for the show like pops yeah like it's, it was crazy. But was, the thing is, yeah. uh, going to the show, I had someone I work with ask me if they could get if I could get them a very certain very particular pop that was being offered at the Funko booth, and I said, yeah, I'll get it for you. Well, the Thursday, even though we got in early, the line at the Funko booth was massive and continued to grow throughout the day. So I kept an eye on it. And then as we were leaving, we uh, shared an elevator with a a couple. The man had a a big bag of Funko Pops with the Funko on the side. And I think Dap said, did you get everything you were looking for? And he's like, no, Jason did. I didn't get everything. And we waited in line four hours. So I'm like, what? That's dedication to wait four hours in a line and still not come away with everything you wanted. And even, I mean, that every. That was on Thursday. That was the first day. Yeah. And every. And already selling out of shit. Yeah. Every day the line was massive. So I had a disappointed friend. And, uh, but I got to say, whatever they're doing, they should continue to do it because the uh, attention paid to Pops is unprecedented. They're everywhere. Everybody seems to want them. Uh, they appeal to a diverse amount of uh, fandom. It's just crazy, crazy. Uh, but wow, yeah, gobsmacked. It just uh, I, and I wonder how far up it can continue to go. Like, is is there going to be a time when the pops just fizzle out? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Well, we've been seeing it for years. I'm, I mean, yes, I agree, it's going to happen. But we've been seeing it for years, and there's no end in sight. No, so, there's not. Yeah, it's not not yet, but it will happen for sure. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But after that, when it eventually does happen, they've made their money. So, yep. Kudos to them. But uh, and those T-shirts that Dap bought—they're just flying mm-hmm. off the off the uh, shelves or the the yep. booth. That some it's neat to see the the companies that have their stuff all together and the other ones that really haven't gotten a handle on it yet. Yeah, you know it's it's cool to just uh, bird's eye view just to to watch massive traffic on the right, crickets on the left. It's it's amazing. And and shout out to um to T Turtle who um I Sunday um. I was taking some photos of some things, finding, you know, trying to get a feel of my 
wife wanted me to bring anything home. And Tea Turtle had some shirts uh, with some funky designs, some funny sayings. So I, I um, she saw one that she wanted. So before we left, I made my way before we went for lunch. I made my way to the um, to the booth. They're having a special. Um, buy three, get one free. So I got two shirts for her, two for me, and I bring home everything Sunday evening, and I show everything I come home with. Um, almost certainly see the statue, and then we. I noticed that one of the shirts is the wrong size, so I'm a little crushed. So Monday, late afternoon, I figure, what the hell? I I email, and five minutes later, I get a response, and I wasn't expecting really anything because I paid cash, no receipt, no order number, anything. Just like, hey, as a New York Comic Con on Sunday. Plus some T-shirts. One of them is the wrong size. Like, is there any way I can send it back and make the one I want? They were back to me. Robert wrote back to me in five minutes. Said, no problem. Let me know what was the style, what was the size. We'll get one shipped to you right quick. Keep the one that's uh, keep the wrong one. Don't worry about it, and and, and everything's fine. So when I got the um, the email next week, you know they they didn't have to, but but they. Uh, but they did so now. Now they they've got a customer, and I'll I'll see what uh, what specials they have at uh, future cons. Nice, nice. But uh, yes, we've just passed the one hour and forty five minute mark. But that's nothing compared to what we gave the patrons this weekend. I think we gave them what four hours worth of content from New York. It's at least twenty twenty five minutes. I mean, going back and forth. Um, plenty of photos. I mean, the guys took a ton of photos, especially the statues on yeah, the, hundreds, the, the, hundreds of photos. Um, and and they got to see the hall um, each day. So no, I think I I, I think the big uh, we did this weekend. Um, but hours but, and hours and hours of of uh, Patreon content. So if you're wondering, like, what do we give them? Well, this is part of it. We we take them along with us whenever we go somewhere, and we record going to the show, we record during the show, we record after the show. We gave them the, the one-hour Joker special. and All told, it was about, you know, three plus four hours, along with all the pictures, not because we're trying to bribe them to stick around, but because this is what we should do. I mean, if there are people out there that actually support us, we should give them a little something, a little something, something extra. And we strive to, those that can't make it to the show, we strive to give them a little experience of their own, what it's like to be at these things, as we do here. But we can get more in-depth. We're not going to put out a four-hour episode. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we, we can, but the feed is going to get choked for future. Like we get, we have a certain amount of space every month. And if we exceed that, it, you know, whatever. But, um, a four hour episode would kind of flood the feed and limit us doing what we do. So we in turn turn that around, give it to the patrons because we love them and we love you too. We do. But, uh, that's, that's the, uh, that's the rub. What's all this? A dub pa- dub. Yeah. What's this Patreon stuff about? Just go check it out for yourself. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics and you'll see. And we have lots yep. of things planned too. Another con in the books, boys. 
Yes, siree. It was a great one. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be... Up next, Heroes Con. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's going to be tough. Tough to what? eclipse uh, this year's New York. For New York. Nah. No, I mean oh, for, for New York. For New York, yes. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. going to be tough to, to eclipse it. And, and you know, the Joker, the just meeting all these people we haven't met before, the the, the camaraderie we had. It's, it was a good show. Very good show. And the show itself was wonderful, too. Heroes are going to be rolling deep, though. Big crew coming. Intimate setting. We skipped last year, so absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. So. Yeah, we aired, but we'll fix it this year. We're going to deluge <laughs> patrons of content and heroes. Oh, yeah. It's it's a more intimate show. We can get more stuff done. I want to do little, little like, chats at the at the hotel bar. Yeah, that wasn't possible in New York. Um, it was on Thursday. But each successive day limited the amount of, of personal time we could have with people. Plus, the the din of all those people would not make the audio very um, listener-friendly, let's just say. So Heroes is the place to do that. There's a lot of people, but it, it's not as sardine-packed as uh, New York. So that's what we're going to do. you damn right. Yeah. And uh, remember, people, if you want to get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door, where do you go? Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Listen to these specials from Kodansha Comics. It's Drifting Dragons uh, Volume 1. You can have it for seven fourteen. Dark Horse is serving up the newest iteration of the Black Hammer Universe, Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy Number 1. That's going to cost you, again, $1.99. And from IDW, my man, Peter Kowalski on Wellington. It's a five-issue limited series. We'll uh, set you back a lousy two bucks. So go to Discount Comic Book Service, order all this and more, dcbservice.com. In your travels. I got an out-of-the-blue thing Mm -hmm. that that just, uh, out of nowhere... From one of my favorite publishers, it's uh, from Antarctic, who publishes Fred Perry's Gold Digger. This is uh, written and drawn by someone named Lilac. No history at all with this person, but that will soon change. It is the first issue of what I think is a five-issue miniseries. It's called Konichiwa Kaijukun. And it's translated, Hello, Mr. Monster. Mm. Uh, if you know me, and who doesn't from listening to this show, I love the Japanese Sentai tokusatsu uh, shows. I love my kaiju. Ultraman is one of the fondest memories I have from childhood, uh, as is, uh, you know, the the whole uh, We Who Are One. And this is the story of three young ladies, three Japanese young ladies, Mari Adachi, Rumiko Kisaraji, and Julia Higashi. What's special about these girls? They're all uh, pop stars. They're in a, in, a, in a group called Neo Sanin Musune. And they're, they're, they have a couple hits under their belts, and they're, they're getting very popular. So the manager brings them in and says, you know, you got to do something in this uh, 
this media world to get ahead. Some things you you know you may not want to do, and uh, I want you to go talk to this this guy. He wants something from you. You got you got to go do something, and it's going to advance your career. Let me tell you, it, it'll, you'll 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 stay at the top. And the girls are like, what? We're gonna we have to have sex. And he's like, no 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 no. You have to join the United Nations Earth Science Patrol. So the three girls join this this organization UNS UNESP and what do they do they fight kaiju and there's a giant character which is an amalgamation of ultraman and goldar he's got the antennas and the long bushy hair and they fight a monster called gorugurus this is so in my wheelhouse it's not even funny and the art is amazing it's done in black and white with uh Zipatone dot pattern all over the place. It's just furious kaiju stomping Sentai Tokusatsu action. And it spoke to me like crazy. I loved every page of it. And I'm going to stick with it. So it's from uh, Antarctic and it's Konnichiwa Kaijukun number one. I implore you to buy it. If you're a fan of any of this stuff, get this. It's amazing. Nice. Name of the chapter is Three Sisters Are Go. <laughs> like, uh, how, 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 how closer can you whisper in my ear? I don't know. I am going to make this short and sweet because I'm sensing there's some breaking up, so I don't want to go too deep. Um, from Boom Studios, Strange Skies Over East Berlin. Uh, written by Jeff Loveness, uh, illustrated by Lissandro Esterin, colors by Patricio Del Pecci, and it is set in 1973. Um, the uh, it, it takes place in East Berlin. The wall. Uh, there's a mention of the United States leaving Vietnam and chaos and ruin. We are introduced to a. Um, to a member of and he's trying to get out it, it's it's a re- it, it's 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 a great looking book but but the story it's it's a really cool setup introducing some characters that might be a tad sinister um but i dig the mystery angle of it i guess um so if if you were you saw it on the stands if you're curious about it in the solicits um definitely check it out i i was not disappointed with this first issue at all there we go uh for those of you who maybe because i know dap was breaking up there he was talking about strange skies over east berlin i knew it so um in your travels um listen i'm sure a lot of you are already reading this book but I, I, ha, I can't go this week without at least mentioning it, which is Powers of Ten, number six of six, and really number 12 of 12 in terms of the Hoxpox, the House of X, Powers of Ten, um, Hickman's master reimagining of the X universe, and this motherfucker. I mean, he, he everything gets wrapped up in a bow. He, all the questions we had in the early issues about the non sequiturs and the timelines and what about this and how's this happening? He wraps it all up for us in, 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 in genius like fashion, jaw on the floor. 
it all makes sense. It fits together like a, a fantastically complicated puzzle. And uh, I am absolutely just gobsmacked at the um, execution. And it really does, you know, things like this or things like uh, Tom and Mitch's Mr. Miracle, you know, raise the goddamn bar. Like, I, it, it just it just reemphasizes that you can take these characters that we've read a million stories about and know all about, and you can reimagine them in such a way as to stay true to the reason that people that are nostalgic for them love them in the first place, but that give us something new and something exciting. And it can be done. It just takes effort and talent. And maybe it's time that we stop making excuses for all the mediocre superhero books that are out there because they don't have to be. They can be amazing if you just put some effort into it and a little creativity. It can, it's still possible, even if you've read these characters for 40, 50 years. And uh, Hickman and his, his partners, Pepe Larraz and R.B. Silva, deserve massive, massive uh, congratulations. Vince said something to the effect of the Joker film is going to stand the test of time. Well, this, this collection of 12 issues will stand the test of time. No matter what happens from here, if, if people fall off the X-Men and the other mutant books or don't stick with them or they go in a direction you're not feeling, none of that's going to matter because this 12 issues is going to resonate with people for a long time to come. There you go. I believe you. Good. I do. Good. All right, everybody. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this journey. We'll be back very soon with another one. In the meantime, the social media is is, uh, another access point for your 11 o'clock comics interaction, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, all that stuff. We're there. Patreon.com. You know the drill. Uh, In the meantime, what, what? Say good uh, night. My lady, my lady. David. Night. No, oh, nice. I, I think I was a little late on my uh, interaction. You were. I was. Were. But now, here's the uh, the rub. What you're going to hear now is our Joker commentary. And if you have not seen the film, by all means, stop right here. Don't go any further. We warned you. If you're curious and you hear something that, you know, is going to ruin it for you, well... It's not on us now because you are wandering into uncharted territory. So here you go. Listen to the Joker commentary and we'll be back because we love you. Bye. Okay, as promised. At the beautiful Romeo and Juliet coffee house on the corner of 42nd and 11th. Yes. Which we've walked past multiple times. At least a, at least a few dozen years. times over the years. Yep. Yeah. And we are being uh, guided by Stan Lee. There's a, Which is fitting. There's a caricature of Stan behind us saying, Hey, where's my coffee? Yeah, this Jack is, didn't make it yet. The, 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 wow. Sorry. The coffee We're going right is, in, huh? The, the coffee house always has oh, a, um, a, a Comic-Con themed window. Best uh, one yet. Okay. Ah, so, well, as what do we do today? As promised, we uh, took a little sojourn into the city. We... Uh, circumvented comic-con as we are usually want to do on uh saturday and we went into the city we uh had a little adventure in the book off we'll tell you about that later but we saw joker joker 
Todd the, Phillips is too. The motion picture. And we got to set it up a little bit for you because this is a special occasion. One, we have never seen a superhero film, super, well, a comic-related film, all at the same time. All together. That's number two. Yes. All together. And there's a three smack dab in the middle of Manhattan. That's right. Which I think is very appropriate. There's a four. We've never rebooted a movie immediately after seeing True. it. Right, we're person. super fresh. It's raw. The the sting is still there. We, we, we as Scotty would say, we literally huh. walked out of the theater 15, 20 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, and we yeah. haven't. And just so you know, we haven't spoken about it to each other yet. No, just well, I I told David. Oh, okay. I said a word to David, and yes. Jason's like, hey, "What was that word?" Was that, I said it was just a word. I don't need to tell you the word. Let's just okay go well, in hear, raw. Hear the word, and yes, I'm sure you'll hear the word. So, uh, I mean, I have seen uh, film in. I guess it, in Manhattan because I've seen a lot of movies on 42nd Street, the Grindhouses. Sure. I've seen a lot of terrible, wonderful movies in the, in the Grindhouse, but I've never seen a legit. Oh, I've been to that specific theater before. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've never seen a legit film in Manhattan, so this is like awesome for me. In fact, I actually, as I mentioned, I saw um, The Matrix and Spider-Man. So uh, Spider yeah, so that is my second comic-related. <laughs> There. But as we were walking to the theater from the book off, we noticed, um, well, you couldn't help but notice, there's uh, very frequent clusters of policemen. And they're, as Jason said, they're armed to the teeth. Yeah, they are. They got, they got assault rifles, what look like assault rifles to me. No, they weren't. They're, they're all armored up. And I thought, oh, well, I didn't think it at the time, but walking out of Joker, I think that set a really nice stage. For what we went to see. And I believe there was an officer by there, the big Joker display on our way out. There were four. No, no, I mean right, right by oh. the sign as we were leaving. I was going to say there were four the armed, yes. heavily armed policemen inside the lobby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, my mind's racing over the movie because I tried to avoid um, reviews or commentary before we saw it, but I... So I don't... I didn't, I didn't hear anything about the film plot-wise, but I did hear a lot of commentary about it maybe being seen as a rallying cry for this incel movement and that would it lead to, you know, incidents at movies. Oh, I and, think it's an extremely and, incendiary movie. And, uh, yeah, coming out, I I feel more visceral about that. As, I feel more visceral about it as a commentary on the current social climate than I do about the plot. Like, I, like, I, like we'll get into it, but, I, like, I, well, I'll just say, like, I didn't, dislike it but I didn't like I'm almost ambivalent about the movie itself but I think that it was a daring potentially um, uh, interesting psychological look at a set of men that live in our country right now that uh, are very real but most of us don't know that they're real But it does exist, and it is a problem. I just said they're real, right? Yes. It, it does exist. It is a problem. And but like we make fun of it without realizing what it is or if it's powerful. Because you don't see the trickle down. Mm -hmm. You know, supposedly the the wealth spills over and finds its way down to the bottom. In this case, the uh, the abscess at the top is worming its way down to the bottom and affecting them in ways that they can't they they can't retaliate. They can't, sure. Other than to attack 
the men by attacking the system, mm -hmm. right? I I was amazed at how bleak and dark the film is. This is a Gotham City where no light bulb works perfectly. Right. All the light bulbs are flickering. Um, I mean, greenish and the subways are covered. Uh, yeah. Subway, right? the, uh, the, tra the trains on the subway are covered with graffiti. Oh, I love They're buses. desolate. There's, the, yeah. there's paper and trash. Well, and we should say that they make it very clear on the radio at the start of the movie that the Gotham's in the midst of a uh, garbage strike. Right. So it's uh, it's li it's literally filthy all over the city, and uh, it's causing increased disease. And there's super rats that have uh, emerged. Yes. <laughs> Visually, if you took out the the Harvey Dent uh, subplot and you took out the person in the bat costume this is a lot similar to Nolan's Dark Knight yeah the message is almost exactly the same it's almost like it's a prequel in a way and, yeah and and so I asked Vince what did you think and what was your answer knee-jerk instant reaction yes I thought it was phenomenal Okay. I was completely captivated nice. to, the, to the point where I wanted to, as I said to you guys, there was some dude in the in the front row tweaking on his cell phone during it with shining the light. You look I wanted, Facebook, I wanted to get up and smack him. Yeah, I know. But oddly enough, and you may not be my friend after this, I was very much rooting for Arthur through the whole movie. Oh, why would I care he's, about that? He's, he's designed to be... siding with a psychopath. But he's, he's designed no, to be the hero of the movie. Sure, I mean, it's, it's sure. The way it's made up. No, I mean, like, well... He's I would been beat on and 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 abused. Yes, yes. And, from from. It's literally. not like and he doesn't. It's not like he's, he's. I don't think he's coming from this from from like a sense of entitlement. I just think that it's 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 a reaction and it's like you know all he wanted was like, he didn't ask for any of this. So I mean, for him to be abused and tied to a radiator and, and spoilers and 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 there's just it's it's not like he's he's a bad seed and he's purposely hurting people and and feels like you know I deserve what should be mine. He wants to be a comedian and he's a very awkward and socially inept person but he's been, like you said, abused. And, right. and so you, you, you do feel sorry for him. You do. And I think it's really important to note that at, when the movie begins he's a man with... He, he's, he's in a situation where he has to take care of his mother and he does dutifully like he doesn't yeah. doesn't bitch he's about it baths, yeah well he I mean he's literally the definition of an incel like he's that, that is like he lives at home with mom he lives right. at home with mom he doesn't have sex there is an apartment but he yeah. doesn't like to be in a basement yeah he doesn't have much of a future right but I think the tipping point was when he found out that he didn't have much of a past either so and what the going path, forward right. is bleak going backward is Bleak for this yeah. guy, and so he just and and they they make very explicit uh, note that he was uh, when he was abused by his mother's boyfriend, he received traumatic head injuries, yes, which could have added to his right. yes. current mental state. So it, it's I don't think it's only a product of uh, nurture. I think he there's a physical. Impact oh, you can see that in his body. I mean, one shoulder looks like it's completely been dislocated multiple times. He's got. He eventually gets the limp because he kicks the the, the the dumpster. But I mean, he's he gets he gets constantly beating the crap out of him. Um, no, he's a cutie. So it's it's. I think I would have almost preferred the movie to exist without a Wayne connection. I I. 
it's almost if it was a standalone movie where it's still the Joker, he can still call himself Joker, but the fact that they introduce Thomas Wayne, who's not a doctor, who or maybe he is, but he's running for mayor. Um, Martha doesn't look like anything that would, you know, she I, got the I write goddamn a poem pearls about, out. And we saw the pearls and you know, we don't know if that was Joe Chill underneath the, the, the Joker mask, but that goes back to, to the Tim Burton movie because it was Jack Napier who, who killed the Waynes and didn't kill Bruce. So I, whether it was a clown or, but nevertheless. So I actually like the, the Wayne connection. No, I, I don't, I would have, I would have loved to just see this exist on its own. The comic geek in me loves the connect, loves the idea that, you know, this led to that. And, and, and again, with the, with the Tim Burton connection I've never that was my one maybe dislike of the burden of Batman is that Joker is so much older than Bruce whereas yeah. every other incarnation they're right. about the same age well I always took it that the Joker was older than Bruce in the comics anyway but how much older but older it matter. than he just looks father I mean no it's... it just looks like he's older to me but yeah so and, and I, I like the fact that there wasn't a chemical connection other than the, yes. the drugs he was right, no longer right, on. Right, but that didn't turn so his it, skin But now that I think about it, it is a chemical yeah. connection. But it didn't turn his skin white. It, no, it, it that's what I'm saying. It. There was no acne chemicals. And, and the, um, this, to, this movie, Batman does not appear piece. in it. No, exactly. But it actually elevates Bruce's achievement, in my mind, because in this universe, his father was a scumbag yes. who employed scumbags. Flashpoint Bruce. Who, who Thomas. called... Who looked down on the common man yes. as clowns yes. and and uh, unmotivated slobs? Mm-hmm. If so any were Bruce to go out and fight for everyone, to break ties with his DNA, let's just say, yeah. that's a pretty astounding yeah. achievement. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's. I mean, he could have been um, one of the more uh, less leftish. Um, Vigilantes. They could have been Midnighter. Well, no, Midnighter super left. Yeah. Uh, let's just say he could have been Martial Law. Right. Yeah. You know. Uh, if what? anyone had that sense of entitlement, it was Thomas Wayne. So right. I, I deserve to be mayor. You know, right. I'm trying to help you people. You know, don't you see what's? Uh, let's wait for the siren to go by. It's perfect. And then the ambulance comes and crashes into. It. We hope you enjoy this ambiance. People. Jesus. FDNY on the move. Uh, let's back it up though and say that um, this movie is basically a Joaquin Phoenix, almost like a one-man show. It's a character study, yeah. And uh, he's as an act, it's a phenomenal acting. It absolutely is. Uh, you know, he, I'm sure many of you know that are listening. He's he's a renowned um, method actor. He weighs probably what 110 pounds in this movie. I mean, he's anorexically thin, um, completely believable, and deeply mentally ill person. So, the craft of the film should be applauded. Oh, I, I think it's. I'll use that word flawless. I, I I think visually, the script is amazing. I love the hook with the chronic condition that he laughs at inopportune times. I, I love the idea of it, and I think he pulls it off, but I found it insufferably hard to take after well, a while. It's designed to be. No, I know, but in as much as a movie is meant to entertain, 
my struggle with the film is I, I, I think I'm leaning toward it being a critically really well-made film that I don't particularly think is designed to be enjoyed. Well, I got to take issue with the fact that you think you said movies are designed to be to make you entertain. I don't think a movie sold or number one uh, meaning uh, reason for being is to entertain. No, I think it's a statement. Well, this gets back to your view on art, but again, I always counter with this is a movie made by a major motion picture about very valuable IP with. $55 $55 million at work. It is absolutely made with the idea of entertaining to generate a profit. That is the whole reason it exists. It, it can also I make think you it, think. I think you can make a profit without entertaining, as we've seen. Um, no, it can't. Because people won't. Movies only make a profit if they if people that go see it early say, yeah, you gotta go see this. But it still will do that. I mean, we came out of this. It's bleak as fuck. And, and I wasn't I was captivated, but I don't think that means the same as entertained. There's sure it does. I mean, enter, yeah, entertained is to be given value by something for its performance. So, doesn't mean to come away happy. That's right. not what entertained is about. No, um, I, I found most of the movie to be like I would have been fine to like. You could have given me a 22 minute cut up of the key scenes from that, and I would think it would be more impactful. And that makes me think that all the ads of all the commercials of, of whatever whatever we saw in the weeks leading up to the release all those scenes and all those commercials you when you think back when you look when you watch the movie those were some I guess, they were real quick scenes that we were shown in the commercials but in, in the movie they were a lot I, this is one of those movies where you can watch a trailer or, or see scenes in a commercial that aren't really giving anything away. This actually showed scenes that were part of larger scenes that made a difference in the movie, but because of the way they were cutting away the movie sure. is, it's like, it's like, you know, like when I saw, when it, when, when he had to, in the movie, he goes to see his boss and, and he, he laughs and then just stops real quick and walks into Hoyt's office. Whenever I saw that ad, I thought it was him trying to practice his laugh. Put on a happy face. I, and and I didn't know about the condition. And and obviously, and you're not you know you're not supposed to until you see the movie. But um, you know, even in a bus with a little kid playing the game, and 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 so whatever whatever preconceived notion I had, I, it's completely different. But when I sat in that theater and the movie starts to unfold, I it is it is not the movie I thought I was going to get by watching the commercials right. of the trailer, which I love. I, I, think I ain't it, mad at that. I think this movie's uh, a rarity in that it's one of two movies I can think of that rises above and in this case rises far below the source material. I think Nolan's Dark Knight and Joker are the only two movies I can think of that don't aren't digested purely as a connection to the like Guardians of the Galaxy. What we saw on the screen is pretty much what you get in the comics, right? Yeah. Or or, or Spider-Man or Avengers, right? Uh, this there's a message to these two movies that I think are far more important than the source material. Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree. I think Todd Phillips was trying to do something different here. Yeah, and that's why it yeah. resonates with me because it it, it takes a, a creative leap. There's a there's yeah. a, a very risky uh, chance being taken. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a bo- like I think it's a bold movie. I I do though. I just keep I'm just on tormented by back and forth though because I 
I think the movie was pretty much like linear A to B to C to like I like within minutes of it starting I thought oh alright he's gonna be this down on his luck dude that's got all kinds of issues and life's gonna treat him wrong and he's gonna keep getting beaten down until he snaps and then he's gonna become the Joker and everyone's gonna rally around him like I saw the whole thing happening within 10 minutes of the movie and then I was sitting there for the next hour as he was laughing and going through his shit thinking alright let's get to the part we all know is coming which is you're gonna snap and start becoming the evil Joker and there we go and it all happened but again I think it was done well and it was done effectively but like I there wasn't a moment in the film that I was surprised by I was like okay I get it like I, I knew going in this is what Todd Phillips wanted to say about the character he said it it's exactly what I thought he'd say and I think he did it well but like I didn't come away like I didn't come away thinking like wow what an interesting take on the Joker like I come away thinking like okay Todd Phillips is trying to say like we got this strange pocket of dudes on the earth that now are pretty fucked up and if we're not careful they're gonna start doing fucked up shit and the Joker would be the comics like an ultimate version of that and he made a movie about it that's spot on and okay cool like so again but like not it's not like I I don't think he failed I, I think he actually succeeded what he tried to do I just don't really know that I I'm not I wasn't for me like for a movie to love I have to be really surprised by it taken aback it, it has to be done in a way or has to have things happen that I just didn't expect and think well that's really creative I don't think, for me, that none of that happened. I, I think the film was exactly what I thought it'd be 10 minutes in, but it was well done. So you you were happy with the pacing, oh, or yeah. you thought some of it could have lagged? And, I, I thought it, it was, was insufferably slow. Okay. I wish it was a little longer. I would have liked to see more Joker than we got. It, it took a while for the build-up. I agree with Jason, um, but everything served the purpose, I felt. like I may think that, yeah, okay, that we're, we're here a little bit too much but we also got I mean we got some we got a lot of fight club in this movie um we got uh there are there are things that are I'm not gonna say subtle but you're not shown like at the end when he's being interviewed and then you know he tells her you're not gonna get the joke and he's staring at her a little long and then we cut and he's walking down the hallway, and then he's leaving the bloody footprint. Right. So you know what happened there. And even and then they extended that, I'm, in where he's dancing at the window. Yeah. And then he runs to the. Well, he walks in one direction, but then he does the. Then he sees, he sees the orderlies coming. Yeah. And he runs, but then the orderlies run away from him. There were orderlies running from the direction that he ran yes. down. Yes. Yes. And did you notice when he ran, he ran flat-footed. Yes, that's how clowns run. Yes, sure. I thought it was. Oh yes, everything. Like when, he, when he steals, when he steals the file, he's doing. Yeah, all I, saw, I, saw, I think the execution, both in terms of Joaquin portraying the role and Phillips, like I think it was like perfect in that regard. Like I think he made the movie exactly. He made exactly the movie it feels like he wanted to make. Every to your point, every camera angle, every close up, every scene was very much crafted. Like it didn't feel like it was just there. It didn't, you know, it felt like he was very, like, Hotfields felt like he micromanaged this, this scene by scene, you know. Um, the other thing I think I'm struggling with is that because it was the Joker, even though this is not really any necessarily version of the Joker from the comics, we knew what was, like, you, like, I guess where I take issues is earlier in the conversation you mentioned you had empathy for him. I never had a shred of empathy for him because ultimately we know he's becoming the Joker who's become going to become this horrendous being who's going to murder and maim and destroy and that when someone starts becoming homicidal I can't have empathy for them and I already knew what he was going to be I, I before, before, this movie was him going from 
larva into the cocoon and then coming out as this as this moth but we know what that moth is like so i don't really give to like i don't have empathy if i found out that ted bundy was molested as a child that doesn't give me empathy towards him he's still a fucking evil demon he, he, he so went in with the baggage i usually go in with yeah but see okay as far as this movie goes you don't know you, that you don't know by calling it the joker you yeah do. you well but you don't, of course you because do. all of the other things you say he's going to become this homicidal maniac and murder and blah blah blah, all that happens outside the realm of this movie. No, it As, doesn't. Yes, it does. He shoots. It's a, not in this movie. What do you? Of course it is. He shoots. How many no, people? No, no. He's saying. He's saying the, the, what, what you bring to the table. Based the on movie what ends know. with him him being rescued from a car and standing and dancing as the streets are burning. Right. But you're, what I took your comment to mean is all the things that you know about the Joker. Right. From other. No, we just know that the Joker is a horrible human being, and he's a villain. But he's he, a murderer. But he, just, were, he killed people that wronged him in this movie. That mocked him, mocked and, him, and wronged him. But again, that's not. Him. How is that empathetic? Like, if your if your if your son got in a fight at school and then he went and shot the kid in the face, would that be okay? No. But right. His, so he got mocked. Mocking does not excuse you to shoot a person in the face. But he's also not well mentally. But so. again, that's again, you can have empathy for someone with with mental illness. You can't have. I don't have empathy for someone with mental illness that goes on a killing spree. I can I can accept that it's a tragic part of society that yeah. there wasn't a but I don't have empathy for the guy he's a, a cold blooded killer and Not, so I don't no I don't I mean there are way too many mentally ill people that deal with their mental illness without becoming homicidal for yeah. me to have empathy with for a homicidal maniac yeah. so I don't have it I don't have it no I can't like so to me like this was not about oh let's have empathy for the downtrodden like he's not he I don't think there's any almost. In the beginning of the film, you can have empathy for him, except that we knew because it's Joker movie and not like, let's go see this film called, you know, Incel, where you don't know what's going to happen to this dude. You just know he's a mentally broken down dude and we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we know he's going to become the Joker. Like, that's the whole point. We're watching to see it's the Joker origin story. We're watching how does the Joker become the Joker. Now we know what Todd Phillips thinks is the path. Like, so, I, yeah, I had zero empathy for him after the first few minutes because I'm like, all right, well, I see where this is going and... Like, I would never, like, I can't imagine a scenario where someone's, like, shooting people in the face on TV, and I'm like, oh, but the poor guy was abused as a kid. Oh, what was, like... That's what defense attorneys do, to try to paint right, the, the, yeah. the picture that, you know, my client has... And it shouldn't be lost on us that for all of this commentary about, you know, society letting him down, like, this dude went on a killing spree and shot someone in cold blood on yes, national TV, and he's, not, and he's not in jail, because clearly he got... They, 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 he got criminal. He got off on on being insane. So he didn't even go to jail. He was in an insane asylum. Like so, he got so a defense attorney got him off. Yes. Due, due to due to being insane, which I again have serious issues with. Cause. I think it's a film about choices too. Sure. Yeah. Because sure. the guys on the subway made a, a very deliberate yes, choice. They were bullies to and, fuck and, him up. Yes. They they beat him up. They they pushed him around. They sure. mocked him. Uh, and obviously, we're supposed to feel good about those guys getting their comeuppance. Yes. No, but what I'm saying is, I guess what I'm saying is, so empathy ends when he decides to fight back. No, he can, he can still fight back, but when he then decides to just go kill. But, but he fought back in in this instance in the only way he could with a gun. Physically, he was nowhere near. Right, the you can say that that was self defense. I'm, I'm not that, his defense. No, I know, you know but you can say that but, was self defense. But then to go on Murray's show. Oh, he's clearly on. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking again, this and is. And I'm pretty the, sure, I am pretty sure he killed his neighbor. Yeah, yeah, I assumed as much. 
that he killed Zazie Beetz. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he killed maybe his mother. her daughter. And he killed, killed his mother. mother. And killed maybe his, her daughter. And maybe her daughter. Maybe a daughter, and he killed his mother. And, yeah. Right. But He killed his former co-worker. Yeah. But that was also... I. See, and that's one of those things where as I'm watching things, that, that that's karma. That's like, well, you fucking deserve it. It is karma, but again, like, this is where I get down to, like, I do think the film was well executed in a lot of ways, but I think that was a bit lazy in the sense, like, 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 it's interesting, like, to me it was more interesting when he killed his mother. It was more interesting when yes. he killed, when he, we think he killed Zazie Beetz. Because yes. those were people that were either, in, at least they weren't overtly un, unkind to him. Right. Whereas it was just, to me it's like movie cliche, like, like like tough dudes mean to you 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 get your revenge if like you went out to look for those yeah, kids that stole right. the sign dude gets you fired you get your revenge like right. that, like you you see that coming like but oh I, he's gonna kill that guy because he, he's pissed at him like I like the idea when he's killing people that are more like I think even killing Murray is more interesting like yes because because Murray like he idolized Murray and then basically because Murray insulted him one time just the whole room you know and then he snaps you know and, and like that was powerful when he snaps on the seat. And he goes off on soliloquy. Like I'm like, okay, like that. You actually saw him transform. Yeah, on that's the interesting yeah. to me. Like I think that's interesting more than like my the dude comes to my house and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna stab him. In the but head but the that head. also said the scene that the people who were kind to him, he's not. He's not just on a mindless killing spree because his little buddy, he let. He's like, yeah, no, yeah, you, you, no, you he did. Me, he so did. you know, go yeah. on about your business. That was fucked up with the chain because that's. There were there were a few scenes, and then because I've never been to a movie with, with with my booze, it's you know there was there was the reaction when he walked into the exit door because uh, Vince wasn't expecting I that. Jumped. Um, <laughs> there was uh, there was there was the chuckle when when the little person couldn't reach chuckle. the chain. I lost it. I, I have a very dark I'm trying sense to be. Of humor. I know. I, right I was amused too. A horrible I, murder. That probably traumatized this little guy for the rest of whatever the rest of his life. He can't reach the fucking chain yeah, like I, that. I, I, am glad, I, I am glad he let him go. Yeah. I, I would have been really disappointed if then, because he couldn't get the chain, and he was like, "Yeah, It doesn't mean that he's not completely right. There's no redemption in that. No, he no. just he just thought, "All right, you're, yeah. you know, you you were the one dude." Because obviously, and, and yeah. like. I mean, you just let a witness go. Like you don't think he's. Oh, gonna, he doesn't like, care. Tell, right, he, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, like so, but that would have been something else. Like he, I can't let you go. He said it right when he somebody. sat down. You know, Murray. Said, I, I, I have nothing to lose. Inevitably, this is going to be compared by a lot of people once they see it to this versus the Heath Ledger. Oh, sure. And from a just again talking plot, like character, like what we saw on the screen, they're the complete. They're the two. Ver- they're the opposite ends of the way we've seen Joker in the comics, right? It Heath Ledger was a incredibly intelligent, calculating anarchist. Yes. He was super intelligent, leader of men. Again, he plotted everything down to like the bank robbery that, ever, like, he was Kaiser Soze. Yes. He was he was homicidal and unhinged, but it was never. He was not insane. He was very much calculated and like and like a crime lord. Like he was, he saw the whole world for what it was, and he used confusion and paranoia and a clown gap as a as a just a, a method to his. And that Joker came from abuse as well. No, no, right, yeah. but but he was not, but he was not. He's the like the sane criminal mastermind Joker, right. which we see in comics a lot. Right. They, whoever's writing it decides what they, which Joker they need. Just like with Lex Luthor, you got the scientist Lex Luthor, you got the. Then this was the truly criminally insane, like to the Senior point where fan. he just he yeah. just does whatever the hell he wants at all right. times, and it's there's no predicting it, and he's that's what makes him so dangerous. I like this Joker better. I think it's a more interesting yeah. villain. I yeah. think. I think also too, if you if you extend it into Batman, it, that would be the harder thing for Batman because Batman's so incredibly logical. Yeah. Right, but the, the us versus them con- uh, concept that was prevalent in Nolan's movie is still in this one. The, yeah. the, the Joker's oh, sure. message is still the same, albeit he 
arrives at it from different avenues, but it's still the uh, it let's escape the the yoke of, of the man and, and by any means necessary. I personally would have liked it if we didn't get the obligatory Bruce watching his parents come down in the alley in the pearls thing yeah. because this movie was about the Joker. Like we all know, to your point, like if you're a comic fan, you know what comes next. We sure. met, we saw Bruce earlier in the, in the and, movie. And they could have just left it with the Zorro the Game Blade marquee. Because then you know, oh shit, that's the night. That no, I wanted to see Wayne go down. You did, yeah. but uh, yeah, because we met. I mean, I don't. We, we didn't mention it earlier in the movie. Uh, and that's and if that and and, and that is a punk ass Alfred. Because my man would have never been able to. Have oh, his do you hands. really think that was Alfred? I, he was just British. Because he was British. I do. Because who else would? Yeah, I assume he was Alfred. I don't remember Alfred ever being stocky and. No, but again, right? Again, just, this is not. I don't. The I don't, I don't, I don't think. I, I never thought the Waynes. Were what we're talking about is it probably was. There's Alfred. a scene where where I Wa- the Joaquin Phoenix goes to the gates of of, of Wayne the Wayne, Wayne Manor, and for some reason, Bruce it's, just it's a gigantic hard. like like Downton Abbey size estate. For some reason, Bruce is like three feet from the front gate, like playing with a ball, whatever. But um, but He's anyway, somehow or another, like the Joker taunts him and you know gets him up close, and then. The butler, whether it's, I don't know, it might not be Alfred, but... but it's like Secret Service. Yes. I would guess, in some, order for that character to make that scene, it was Alfred. Yeah, some some, right, handler, some British too. handler comes and gets involved, and Joaquin reaches through and, you know... Fancy. And he did know enough about, yeah. you know, the flex, where right. he would know Bruce's... He would know Thomas's... But the point is, so we saw Bruce in that scene. I, I, I mean, again, first, I would have liked if we just don't... like Because we, we can all guess like, that at some point he becomes Batman. So, But, yeah. but I would have been more interested to just think, like... I don't know. Like, I, I don't like the idea of tying the very night where the Joker is born to being the same night when one of his acolytes when decides Batman to Batman is born. Yeah, that, that's a little convenient, but especially because again, it's not about this movie's not about Batman. But uh, well, symbolically, I like that scene because Bruce is touched by the Joker at a very early age. He yeah. sticks his fingers in his mouth and makes him. Smile. I like that he got blood splatter on his face. Yeah, because you don't. That's that's a whole other level of trauma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there were some. There, there were some. Um, I'm not gonna say shocking. There were some. I guess surprising scenes, like when they, when, and like when he went to grab the file from the orderly. It's like that was it was a loud bang, and and I mean there are just little sudden scenes that just bring you, like just make you react, and and so it wasn't it wasn't a totally quiet and subdued movie where you know no. people are whispering and 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 it's hyping up the suspense like just the normal stuff like walking into the window it's like yeah wow that was I'll, I'll tell you the extended gyrations the slow motion gyrations that phoenix does creep me the hell out i mean i know it was probably designed for that yes. but his just and it's he does it at the most odd times yeah like it's not a victory. Well, in the end, it's a, a victory dance. Yeah. But in the in the movie, it's it, it punctuates like almost nothing. He just lapses into this this semi dance, and it's it, it's incredibly affecting. I think it's just very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I do love that it was you know it was it was in that 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 late seventies era. Yeah, my time. The cars, the fucking the remote for a TV, the clicker has on off and then channel up down and, the, and it's all notebook. black and white with the oh I need a facsimile of the notebook. You know it's coming. If this movie does gangbusters, yeah. they'll publish a facsimile. Probably true. Yeah, I need it. I need it. His misspellings, he's not a smart guy. No. Uh, but I thought the one line where it said uh, where he misspelled sent. He didn't misspell it. 
He didn't. That was that was the It's intentional. Yes. Yeah, because it, I hope in my I hope my death makes more sense than my life. Yes, because he wants he wants he figures his life ain't shit. He's not making not worth anything. anything. He's not supporting right. anybody. But in his death, he's people can. He's saying he can I provide. hope I have some kind of worth before yes. I die. Right. This was, I'm sure, completely unintentional. But Robert De Niro plays. Murray, who is the late night talk show host, Mark Maron too. Was Mark Maron was his right hand man, yeah. But but I I was thinking at the end about De Niro when he was playing this foil to this insane guy, how like how the world changes. Like he, you know, what I was thinking about when he was taxi driver. And, like, oh he no, was no, a, no, I was thinking, thinking of comedy. comedy. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true too. Because yeah, yeah. he was the one who yeah. wanted Jerry Lewis yeah, to yeah, like yeah, him yeah. and become right? a show. It's, and it's, it's, it's a weird it's, precedent. It's nuts. That when when De, I when was I saw De Niro's I, when, he, when he saw he, when he said his name was Murray, I was like, yes. "Fuck, that was a missed opportunity." I'm oh really yeah, good, but I was like, "Damn it!" Right, yeah, right. yeah that's true too. Yeah, yeah. but um, going into this, when the film was, when we were only seeing dribs and drabs of scenes, then I'm like, "Huh, De Niro agreed to be in this thing." Right. This must have some traction. There's, there must be something to this movie sure. if De Niro. Yeah, he doesn't just you know. Hey, I well, he's been in, lo- in he's some been shit. Oh, like I mean, the intern yeah. things like right. that. Yeah, he's been in some things that make you cringe. But, but I mean, to be a part he's of this. A, I mean, if you're talking high caliber actors, De Niro's pretty much. He's one of the biggest guns you can get. And I wonder if also it, it's um, and and again and that and that's, that ties it back to it because you know here's here's Arthur living with mom writing his jokes, which is what. Rupert did in the basement yelling at mom because yeah. she's interrupted his, his monologue. It's very closely tied to King of but Comedy. But the, um, when, uh, shit. What were you saying? Right before that. The notebook. No, damn it. Oh, it's gone. It is. But I don't understand the porn in the notebook. Why were there pictures of, of, uh, Ace where? in the Hole, the billboard that went in in the street when he was celebrating it. The Ace in the Hole because it was a but if he was, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. See, if he was truly depraved, the dreamlike but sequences of, of him. Heads. No, but the the sequences of him and Zazie, they would have been. He he would have dreamed of himself. You know, I mean, well, being he walks into the room her. and kisses her, and then they, yeah, you, but, you know that they go. But it's not It's not overt It's it, it's more like There's a tenderness to it like, so He's still under his medication says, Oh you're still. You know The guy that did that Was a hero Of course He put those words In his mouth In her mouth But still it, it, He wasn't with her For anything other In that imaginary realm Right I don't think He wasn't Um Manipulating her or using her as but an object, she was actually a person, probably a virgin. So he wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't see him think that through because he doesn't, he's never done that. It's a good point, right? It's valid. I had a big date. Let's dance. Oh, the, the part when he's dancing with his mother, I was like, stop. This is too. I thought creepy. he came on. I thought she was dead. My hand was on my face for a lot of it scenes. Was, it, it was. It really was. This movie just. Soaked right in. I, I was feeling it. Oh, that was. That's it. why I, one of the reasons why I don't eat or drink when I go to the movies is because it distracts me from what I'm seeing on the on the I screen. See. I mean, even though it's all like the, the physical food, act of, you of chewing, I feel something in my mouth on my teeth. Drinking, it, I don't. I want to immerse myself. Interesting. In this thing. Another reason why I think the Nero decided to do the movie, and this is just me, is because on the press junkets it gives them an opportunity to bring up and bash Trump. 
because he's done it. He was on. He was on Fox. I think oh, last I know, week. I'm yeah. not mad at. at no, that. I, I know. I'm just saying. But I can see. I don't. I don't know if he's that calculating. But it, but I can see him be anxious to go on the press junkets because now it, I can. It seems like Phoenix's method acting may have taken a little bit too much hold on him because he's walked out on interviews. Like he's he's well, acted he did that out. When he was like, yeah, he's he not used to do that. I'm sure. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that was that, designed. Yeah, right. he's probably a little unhinged. I mean, oh, sure. generally, be that kind of method actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have to say Ledger was a little bit unhinged yeah. as well, right? Yeah. And I mean, and now here's somebody who not only, not only um, is playing a character that he's played, but he's and and Joaquin's brother were very close. Sure. And and now you know, I mean, there's two people in his life that he no longer has. So sometimes we 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 make up these like. Uh, critics that like I'm not sure exist you know because going into this movie there's all this like oh I still see people like oh comic nerds are going to be in their feelings about this and I don't even know if that's true like I haven't personally maybe because of who I follow and don't follow like I haven't seen too many people like be upset about this film because it somehow is not their version of the Joker but I will say again like if if I, I feel like if you are a huge comic nerd like I think this is a totally reasonable origin story for the Joker. I don't think it's blasphemy at all no I think no. like because I think if, if if you're trying to really think like how would uh, if you're trying to really think like how would a dude become this completely unhinged but incredibly successful like super villain like it would be like this right like you'd, you'd have to be like completely unhinged right and completely homicidal and I appreciate Nicholson's portrayal of the Joker yeah. but I don't think he went far enough Burton didn't push but the character was, far enough it was, it right was, it was a time movie. yeah and, I know and. You know, it's, right, it's, right. It, it may be it may be my wife's favorite version of the joke. I wonder a lot if of Tim Burton, like if Tim Burton now, because like like you said, it, like back then he probably didn't have the option to make an R-rated movie. Like if he looks at these and thinks like, wow, what I could have done, like if I had the chance. Ed Wood, has he made any R-rated movies, Tim Burton? I don't know. Probably not. Well, Todd, you can that argue that Mars Attacks should have been rated R. It should have, been. yeah. Uh, and I may have I, I may have misspoke. But I was yes. I I don't know the time. I don't know if the timelines line up. I don't know if Heath and River Phoenix, Keanu and River Phoenix were close. That I know. My home um, private Idaho. And fat guy giving her a BJ. No, on, on no Gilbert Grape was Leonardo. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, with with the Nicholson, I I, I think there's there's the, this is I don't know I don't even call it an original movie, but I because I it's a it's, novel approach. It it's tips the hat to a lot of it, it's it's like Lucas and Star Wars it's like here's it's a samurai movie it's a western it's like all the genres that he grew up loving he decided to make a love letter to and he put in this movie this reminds because it's I, I because of what Burton and Nicholson did because of what Nolan and Ledger did because of King of Comedy because of all these other things we got this movie and and it's I Without those connections, without those threads, I don't know if it would still be as yeah. or successful. But I, this is one of those movies where you have to, you have to give credit, you have to pay respect to what came before. Sure, because without that, we wouldn't have this. And it, as great as this is, yeah. To, I was getting feelings of um, both of you haven't seen it, but Joe Spinell's Maniac, which is totally different in uh, the the Maniac in question has mother issues, but not the same as the Joker in this movie, but. Visually and the tone of the movie reminded me a lot of, of Joe Spinell's Maniac. Bill Lustig did it, but I mean, this is a 
to me, I use it all the time. This is a singular entity. I think this movie was just impeccable. I mean, and aside from, for me, for me, the killing joke is the definitive Joker origin. Um, but I, I love the fact that there are so many different beginnings you can give this character and, and, and which one is true. I mean, even, even Ledger, he was, I mean, I hear like three or four different reasons for how we got the scars. So right, it's, it's right. like, you know, so you never, it, you can't trust the Joker. You can't believe what he's saying. So it, it makes sense for a character like this to have, whether it's Jack Napier or Arthur Fleck or whoever, you know, it's just, it, it's, I, I, Basically, I'm saying yes. I agree with you that this, this 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 works absolutely as an origin for the Joker. DC decided to do something like this. That's why I get it. It, it yeah. leans towards you know Joker being that Didn't much see older. See a DC logo going Batman. in? No, no. Warner Brothers, yes, yeah. yeah the old old school yeah. Warner Brothers. I also think Phillips is trying to make an interesting point here, where he, you know, for, throughout the. So getting back from a plot perspective, as we mentioned, he kills three Wall Street guys who were being mean to a woman at first and then mean to him. So he kills them. That kind of sets him on this path. And then that, that gets talked about because everyone knows that he was that whoever killed him was in a, uh, you know, some kind of con mask or con makeup. And that starts this movement. And throughout the, the movie, there's several times where people talk about this movement and uh, this uprising. And then even with Murray asking him, like, are you like, are you like, why are you wearing... But in the green room before, when he's due to come on to do a stand-up, and Murray says, "Well, why are you wearing the makeup? Are you are you part of are you in support of this movement?" And you know, at no point is Joaquin Phoenix, in his mind, have anything to do with this movement. Like he was obviously the impetus in the sense that he was the killer, but no one knows he was the killer other than him. He is not some grand mastermind, and he, from his, you know, the movement is happening uh, coincident to him. Not not you know, he has nothing to do with it. He's not. It's, he didn't go out and seek out to create this movement, and then at the end. He's, he gets crowned literally as the you know as the leader, but again totally by happenstance. He, it's nothing he does. He no. he shoots Murray. He's standing in the and he gets arrested and he's in the police car on his way to jail. And then an ambulance hits the car and kills the cops and they pull him out. And there's already riots in the streets. And then they worship the guy and you know like it's like I think Phillips is trying to say like we we I think a lot of times now create. Uh, causes and, and, and big things out of small things. Like, like this was not... This became a movement for the sake of it, not because it was, right. you know... So, in a way, he's saying society makes the Joker what he is, you know? Sure. What, right. what, what cracked me up is that... I'm, I'm guessing it's... I'm guessing it's because of the... Um, because the frame was, I'm sure, damaged in the crash, but I just... I had to laugh when, when they... Instead of trying to open the back door, they're 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 pulling his body out from the window. Well, it's like he's a French fry. He's as thin. But as but I mean, he was just in a in, in a car accident. That's what I'm saying. Like the frame, I'm sure. Yeah. But I mean, they didn't even try. But I mean, so so here's a dude. It's like normal. They, they never want you to like move somebody when they're hurt anyway. Like yeah, protect the neck, but I well, yeah. and they like lay him out gingerly right. on the on, on the hood. Pose <laughs> so. On the And we are now on Route 3, transported from the coffee house on uh, 42nd Street, on our way to, uh, where are we going, Vince? The phenomenal 
Blue Ale House because of their, um, from what I've heard, legendary lobster mac and cheese. Indeed. Which I do not partake in because <laughs> it would blow my ass up. But anyway, uh, we wanted to continue the Joker assessment and uh, we had to stop while there. it's fresh right. in our minds, uh, in our shattered psyches. So uh, while we were talking at the coffee house, I said to Jason, I said, you know, I think depending on your view of humanity, your opinion of, of humanity, you're going to come away from this movie with, as we saw it, or we heard during the main discussion, vastly different takes on it. Because Jason uh, didn't have any empathy for Arthur because of his transgressions yeah. but I'm one of those people that think we are little more than um, erect, so fine, erect right? animals and with the inclinations and aggressions and everything uh, that the common dog has I think we're sub- slightly better but but like I said not a whole lot uh, we may be dressed up in suits and ties and, and leather shoes but we're basically animals, as, as we see every day. So, the fact that Arthur takes it upon himself to kill, which is an animalistic tendency. If that was a dog on the subway and it was being besieged by other dogs, it would use whatever it could to eliminate the threat. It would rip their throats out. That's what animals do. If there's a threat, they eliminate the threat, or at least try. And I, and I think the the animal in humanity comes to the forefront in this movie, where they're saying, yeah, you know, um, we may have technology and, and some semblance of intelligence, but underneath all that, we're still, in a lot of ways, swinging from trees. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I am 100% of the belief that uh, humans are, by definition, animals and mammals, and that we are certainly prone to, uh, hold on a second, uh, to base instincts that, um, that, but I, but I think where, where I differ is that, I mean, we have thousands of years of society to show that what makes us different than other mammals is we have created an ability with our minds to fight against those instincts and have put rules around ourselves in terms of that there are consequences for giving into those instincts. So, Again, I don't really know how that changes my view of empathy because everyone else that is also a mammal, a mammal, every other human is also a mammal and lives and abides by fighting against those instincts. Sure. So, but those instincts are still there. This guy just couldn't are. fight against them because of maybe his the the. But the, again, that's a cop out to me. I don't understand. Like, so are you? But we're we're not arguing that anyone else that commits a heinous act, like, oh, there's not, you can't. There's no defense. Oh, well, he's an animal. Like that—that's not a defense. That's oh, not a defense. No, because you can't defend by saying that I am what I am. That's not a defense. The uh, where am I going with this? The fact that there was no stopgap between him and his animal nature. We have the stopgaps, but he, being abused physically and mentally, could have been the open door sure. that allowed the animalistic tendencies to come through. Sure, but... The jury's still out on that because we've seen the movie once. Here, here's my issue with equating mental illness and giving in to your base instincts. I 
I'm 100% again aboard the idea that we are animals, but I, I think that if we're going to really get down to the root of acting like animals at our core, um, animals that are abnormal in some way, whether it be physical or genetically or have some kind of illness, are they die? That's we again we we transcend normal animalistic behavior by creating a society and technology which allows people that to live in in states that they wouldn't if they were just truly animals it, another species someone that was broken like he was would die they would they would be driven out of the pack if they were a pack animal or or they would simply be unable to function and would get killed or eaten so that's where i, I struggle because um like we we constantly allow our our broken and downtrodden to live in in the animal world that would never happen you break a leg in the animal world you die you you get a disease you die you uh don't have a developed sense of instinct or you know you get rabies you die like that's just the way the animal world where it's much more cruel to people i mean two things with disabilities a disability equals death in almost every walk of sure of the natural world other than humanity so what i think in todd phillips message like well we're, we're these these poor downtrodden mentally ill people are broken and look what can happen still isn't a reason for empathy because if we're really going down to that well they can't help themselves well if if we're talking about base instincts he would have be he would be dead he wouldn't have been able to live into his 40s he wouldn't have been given medicines and treatment that then were give, taken away from him. He would have just died. But the medicine and the treatment was taken away from the animals that were higher up on the food chain. By the, I think by that's the one. Of, that I think that's one of the messages of this thing. Where the but the, see, this is where I, I don't think I, like like all those things you just said are not animal things. Those are societal things. This is the thing about humanity. He's Todd Phillips is saying humanity. And, and the class structure took away something from him, and he's suffering for it. Again, in the animal world, there aren't hierarchies among, among that. He would just be dead. Like, there's not... Like, other animals don't give him diseases and try... I mean, don't give him treatments for disease and try and keep him alive. No, he would expire. Right. But, and, and again, what is... What makes an animal... Da- animals are most dangerous when they're wounded. Right? Or Or sick or dying like you don't want to go up to a uh, an animal in the woods that's struggling to to hold on and, and try and you know you touch it you get bit sure that's that's how they react right and i think that's one of the messages in this thing too to a certain extent where he is expiring he doesn't care he has no desire to live he's got nothing to live for what do i have to lose so with without recourse you have that limits your, your choices of what you can do. It's not a defense. I'm not defending. No, I know. I know what you're saying. But what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say is that he he acted in a way that he thought was rational. Well, there, must, there may have been some kind of rationale to it where he was being attacked. So what do I do? I fight back. And yeah. look, I have this gun in my, in my pocket. Why don't I use it? Bang. Yeah, I, I guess I always struggle with these kind of conversations about society and, and our base instincts because... It works both ways in all of the, in all facets, right? Like again, like you hear a lot of people say, "Oh, well, how can you be faithful? It's it's not it's not animalistic." Well, plenty of animals are lifetime bonders, yes. but 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 beyond that, like again, okay, but like that doesn't hold true because animals don't have legal constructs to bind them to wedded matrimony and base it around like spiritual or legal parameters, like none of that. So it again, it's like you can't have. 
you can't be a believer in the idea of marriage having some consequence, either legal or or spiritual, and then say, oh, but what are we supposed to do? We're like, we're we're animals. Like, not like, oh, okay, then you shouldn't you shouldn't subject yourself to any part of society. Then, like, you can't have parts of society that you think are cool, and then be like, but we're animals. Otherwise, like, so uh, that that's right. And like again, like animals don't have guns. Like so, like we created guns. Like we created weapons, and you know, I don't know. I mean. Like so, I hear you. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not saying like the observation is incorrect. Like, and maybe even that's part of what Phillips is trying to say. I'm just saying like you said it to me in the context of maybe this is why you don't have empathy for him because you're not seeing it in that vein. I totally am fine seeing it in that vein. It doesn't change my view that he's not worth having empathy for. I can't say he's an innocent. Oh, well, he's, I mean, no, he's not innocent. Sure. No, no, and and he he. Um his problems, oh, well, all right, his reasons for being fired. There, there are some issues that are self-inflicted. He, and, and I'm, I'm running the movie back in my head, and I'm yes, I know he was he was beaten up and he, he was attacked by the kids who stole the sign. And at that point, Randall's like, "Hey, here's a gun." Now, I, because not everything was just spelled out for us from the get-go, and, and Phillips didn't hold our hand all the way through it. Yeah, okay, we can assume that Randall and Arthur have had conversations in the past, and... Well, he even and, says, we got another complaint. Well... His boss says, we got another complaint. Well, because the first one was the, the sign, and you, you went away, and you, and, and you no, took the no, sign. No, no, the complaint the, was the, the sign. The complaint... We got another complaint. You, you need to give the guy a sign back, and he's like, I got beaten up, but that sign doesn't exist anymore. He starts off here and he's like, dude, we got another right. complaint. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um... Well, that was Hoyt, but but Randall, who gave him the gun. Oh, Randall, yeah, I'm, I'm um, the boss. Randall is is like you know, he, it was almost like Randall was setting him up. Oh, because sure. Then, then Randall's like, yeah, well, yeah. you know, Randall said he, he, you know, he saw you with a gun last week. Oh, Randall definitely said oh, him. Up. Yeah, him yeah. yeah, and 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 I'm not sure. Like we weren't, we were never. That's one part where it's like, normally you're at least shown there are some seeds that are sown that 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 give you some indication that there is something going on between Randall and Arthur. In this case, right, it was right. just Randall just set him up out of the blue, hands him the gun, and then we get that conversation, and then, of course, Randall gets his comeuppance. But um, as that's really, like the I think, the only part that of the movie where, where it... I don't even want to say it falls apart for me, but it, it, it's not as smooth as, as all the other scenes that were kind of sewn together. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I take it more, like... And maybe Todd Phillips will expound on this or maybe he already has, I don't know. Um, I, I take this more to be his crit- criticism or commentary on society than like, than the human condition. I mean, I, I think he's saying that... Because I, I think one of the things that is... And it is very real in, in, in real life is that uh, mental illness is a tremendous problem and grossly underappreciated and dealt with in our country because of our healthcare system. Um, yeah, yeah. And that is very real. And, yes, and it is. Now, I, I say that, I, I absolutely lose my mind because it's also a straw man that the gun control lobby uses to deflect horrible acts, which is anytime you start mentioning even a hint of gun control, the rhetoric is, oh, but it's really about the lack of, of good mental health yeah. care. And it's like, no, it's about both. I mean, again, if we didn't have guns in the streets people that are mentally ill wouldn't get their hands on them so they go they go hand in hand they're not mutually exclusive we should treat we should treat mental health issues far better than we do 
and we should have gun control. They're, yes. they're, they're, it's not one or the other. It's, it reminds me of, of people arguing about how the government or the Democrats, the Dems want to want to just let all the immigrants in, whether they're legal or not, go through the process. But yet, those same people who want to complain about all the immigrants coming in right, right. don't look... Don't bat an eye over the treatment of vets and homeless in this country. Correct. Oh, you should yeah. take care of them. Well, why are you arguing about the people coming in instead of taking care of the people? And yeah, every think? fetus is a gift from God until until it's born. Until right. they're born, right. and fuck them. Yeah. Right. Then, then, then it's like you got to work hard. Yeah. It's like, well, it's a land of opportunity. Right? Yeah. Pull, I, your, yeah, I, pull I yourself up. With the yeah. distinction between the human condition and society, society is the human condition writ large. Every decision we make, every uh, program we have, that's just a byproduct of the human condition. That's what drives it. That's what guides it. And the human condition is, in my opinion, animalistic. Um, we see. If, uh, but, but I don't but think then, that's but then true. Every we don't, night would be purge night. We don't. Right, we don't live by our animal. Well, how far we are? I mean, what, oh no, oh no. It's a believe me, it's, beca- we're, it's, we're it's like idiocracy. Night. It's becoming a fucking. It, it's becoming more fiction than nonfiction. Right. Uh, or not fiction. But it, but well, again, we're going on a super weird tangent now because we're talking about the purge. But the the purge is not animalistic at all. The the purge is again a societal construct to try and combat animal instincts, and it's not real. If we were animalistic, we would all just be out there. Animals don't hunt for. Again, like if we're if we're talking about animalistic, animals do not hunt for pleasure. They don't torment, torture, maim for pleasure. They hunt in defense or in, in for defense. prey. Yeah, it is purely a act of survival. They hunt to survive and provide for themselves and their offspring, or they defend themselves. That is the only two reasons that they kill every other animal. We as a so again we are not animals. What well, yeah, we, we, we kill we, like are, we kill for pleasure. We kill for sport. We kill for enjoyment. We kill to cause pain. We kill to invo- inv- invoke emotion in ourselves and others. That is not animalistic. In fact, it is the anti. It is. So it maybe is, I should tweak my my assessment, saying it's a examination of our savage natures. Sure, I think okay, that. Yeah, so let's yeah. remove the animal sure, and right. yeah, say yeah. savage, okay. and that makes it better fit. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. I mean, I'm with you again. You talked about off, 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 Mike. We talked about the blackout because um, it turns out Vince was in the city when we had the blackout many years ago, and, as, and not surprisingly, I was because I was working. Um, and that was a, a good indication because by the end of that night, there were people acting like savages, knocking people over, getting in fights just because they couldn't get home for a few hours or because they didn't have power. And uh, yeah. you know, society is that you know you see it every time there's, there's riots, right? I mean, yeah. uh, it, it, we are definitely capable into giving into our uh, raw, sure. primal emotions that, um, that that are you know, which is like why, why things like like The Walking Dead or Twenty Eight Days that there are things about that that. Can that, that might hit close to yeah. home because you know when 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 the norms start to break down and, and you know you don't you're, you're not getting your electricity you're not getting you know fresh water you can't get growth things like that when when you're used to things just turn a light switch yeah. on everything's there when when things that you take for granted are taken away from you 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 react stupidly and well and, getting back to the film I mean you know regardless let's remove empathy from the conversation okay. Uh, just for the, what I'm about to say is that is that uh, the Joker uh, Arthur is I mean without question whether you think you should have empathy for him he's incredibly mentally ill um, and, and I think as a result is not in full control of his actions sure um, but the movement the, that 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 make him into godlike proportions at the end and that are looting and riding the city are 
not clearly all those people are not mentally ill, right? Or at least classically, no. they're just people giving into their instincts because they're angry at their place in the society yeah, structure. Right. They're looking for an excuse, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's I think, I think there is again. Phillips is trying to make a comment there, like, like we, what it, that that it, there is a fine line between kowtowing to the hand you're dealt and fighting back against it. Yeah. The hopeless will latch on to anything. And and stepping away from the movie oh, for a second, shit. how many people voted for? I have long said that uh, that that the wealth gap in our country is the greatest risk to society. Uh, now I think these things take a long, long time to unfold. I mean, I don't like I don't think tomorrow we, we're having civil war over it. But but I think but if if you take the big picture, I think our wealth gap, which continues to widen, is the most likely thing if there's sure. ever going to be because yeah. people do. It, People have a breaking point, but it's also about what percentage of the people are at that breaking point. Right. And if you get enough people that feel like not only that their situation is bad, but that there is no hope for it to get better, that's when you get things like unrest and revolution. And, and I think you're onto something because the wealth gap is very well illustrated in the movie in a number, oh, sure, a yeah. number of instances, yeah. not the least of which being the, the medicine, the medication which is taken away from him. Someone who was... Uh, a man of means right. would, f you know, find a way to get that right. medicine. Whereas uh, Arthur has no recourse; the medicine's gone. Yeah, he he works as a clown. Yeah, and so he's probably making minimum wage, if that. If that. Uh, and and another scene that I thought was really poignant was the the um, at the uh, the movie, right when uh, Wayne is in the bathroom. Yeah, uh, Arthur walks in dressed as a servant. Yeah. Uh, a menial, meager wage usher. Or an usher, a bellhop. And uh, he takes off the uniform before he confronts him. And when he takes off the uniform, he's actually wow. demoted. Where, with the uniform on, he was a person who was of working class. Right. And then he takes the uniform off, and he, now he's nothing. Yeah. He's just a, 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 a dude, a Joe, who's confronting this, this rich man. In his element, yeah, and, and he and Thomas Wayne lashes out, and punches him in the face. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, I, I, so and he looks down on him as yeah. as less than stuff that he would scrape off his shoe. Mm -hmm. yeah. So mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, the, the the divide, the societal divide, is very well illustrated in this movie. Sure. While there were, um, well, definitely, while there were definitely moments where he was running on adrenaline, I am extremely impressed at uh, Arthur's high tolerance for pain. Self-inflicted or oh, thrown yeah. upon himself. Well, I, I mean, mean when, when you get the punch, shit beat, when you literally punch out the uh, the, the the time clock and and then kicking the dumpster. But then yeah, I, right. then obviously he runs right into a uh, a car that hits him and then it just shakes himself off and keeps yeah. running. That's the adrenaline part. But it's probably a numbness too. I was waiting for him to fall down those stairs, home. Steps oh, that was great when he was dancing. Down oh, that steps, was beautiful. I was like, How that was did beautiful. he do this? Um. But it was uh, basically. I think we're all saying, "Go see Joker." Wow, uh, that's it. No, no. I mean, we're here now. I mean, oh, it's, we're here. It's, yeah, we're yeah. here. It's oh. it's so. I mean, we could probably pick this up again, but for the most Jeez, part, like, um, huh? Jason's like, we're good. Yeah, no, I said everything. Uh, we are. Um, yeah, I. You know, don't don't go in thinking. Oh, I know everything about Batman. Don't go in worrying about oh, whatever. It might, it might be rough, your boys. All right, we might have a bit of a wait. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, let's see what the weight is like. Yeah, maybe um, it looks pretty bad, but we'll see. The, uh, I mean, it's not like they, 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 things move pretty quick when we were here last time. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll see. Uh, but, oh, this is bad. 
the parking lot. It's full complete in here. Oh boy. Um, so before we go, yeah. Um, initial knee jerk reaction, fresh from the movie, not even two hours ago. Rate it. Give well, me on a scale of what? Um, pick one. Like uh, one to five? T- a ten scale. Okay. A ten scale. Uh, I'll give it a seven. Okay. Um, it's it's a high eight for me. Right. I'd be close to yeah. It's 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 not perfect. I'm not giving it a ten, but it's <laughs> it's it's on the cusp of an eight and nine. I'd have to go with a really strong nine. Okay. Yeah. It it it's definitely one of my favorite comic films. Right now, I'm like, oh, that's that's it. That's my favorite comic based film. But um, uh, you know me. That's that's my initial reaction after seeing something that I found phenomenally. Powerful. I'm trying to get out of the car here. Bear with me. And, uh, because I'm old. But, yeah, I mean, I I thought it was great. There you go. And we are going to cast off. We will talk to you again very, very soon. Thank you for listening to this one more time. Thank you, patrons, for supporting this. We love you you so much. Enjoying our very first movie review, post movie viewing movie review. Post Malone. Uh, same day scene. Same day viewing, same day reviewing. Crazy. All, all, all. Likely to never happen again. I'm close and personal. Likely. Um, yeah, I mean, unless there's another movie coming out on a con weekend. Yeah. Or, you know, we actually make a point to go see a movie when it comes out on a weekend. Uh, but yeah, so, so, all good stuff. Thanks for being here. We will, um, we'll talk to you in a bit. Bye bye.